Blog Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and we're here on our Sunday morning tradition that continues on into our 10th year, our 15th episode. Welcome into the show. As we get started last week, we took it off a little Mother's Day action going on there so happy belated Mother's Day to all you mothers out there so uh, but we are back and ready to go strong and go wearing to go better than ever and all that all that good stuff gonna have uh, Cuervo gonna be joining us hopefully here fairly soon let him know about the show uh, he gave me the thumbs up so I'm assuming that we'll see him here fairly soon but with missing last week and now starting going on this week, there's a lot of things to talk about. But what we do usually here to start it off here during indoor football season is giving you an idea of what happened in the indoor games that happened within my league. I don't keep track of the other leagues because there's only a lot of time, um, more, more so than anything. So we talk about champions indoor football here up on this show until we get the uh, fine co-host of this program uh, on the show. That would be that Cuervo, of course. Starting out, the Amarillo Venom went on the road and up to Sioux City, Iowa to take on the Bandits. And a, a, a great game back and forth. Uh, one, you know, one problem here, one problem there. One interception could have led into the fact that this game could have maybe went to overtime or whatever the case may be because Nate Davis had a big game with nine touchdowns. The only problem with that was that interception, and that interception could have been the difference between a win and a loss. Some defensive touchdowns in this one as well um, coming up, but a good game, solid all around uh, from both teams as the um, Amarillo Venom had a very good game, um, at, but the Bandits just got the best of them in reality. And w- when you talk about a game that's back and forth, it makes for a good night if you are a fan of scoring, and that's usually what you look at when you're talking indoor football. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. Amarillo Venom's Nate Davis, he went for 30 for 43, 367 yards, nine touchdowns, and that interception. Could that interception been the difference maker? Very well could have been, but there were lots of opportunities for both teams, even down to the last row, uh, in the uh, stands uh, for a pass uh, that Nate Davis did not convert. So that having been said, of course, all that um, for Nate Davis, um, Peter, and really Nate Davis did it all. He also had 11 rushes for 31 yards, um, only two rushes for uh, Patterson. So this was a football game where you saw 
43 pass attempts in reality, 43. And that's a big, big number when you only compare it to two rushes. Well, actually, 13 rushes, 11 of them Nate Davis did himself. and that, But those weren't planned running plays, except for a few. There were a couple that were a few. But 13 catches, 152 yards uh, for uh, Barnett, three touchdowns as well. Uh, Rhodes, five catches, 76 yards, no touchdowns. Xavier Amy, uh, four catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns. Terrell Smith, six catches, 47 yards, and three touchdowns. So that's what was looking like on the other side there uh, for the Amarillo Venom. For the Sioux City Bandits, they got a good effort from Dylan Turner. He was 9 to 1,430 yards, three touchdowns passing, but it was the nine rushes, 68 yards, and three touchdowns as well. He ripped one off for 17 yards as well and got into the end zone. Um, some others out there, Bruno, a 10 rushes, 61 yards, three touchdowns, making seven rushes, 30 touch, uh, yards, and a touch as well. Mintz, 10 rushes, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, receiving Londell Lee, four catches, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Andre London, two catches, 15 yards, and a touchdown, making two catches, 13 yards. Frederick Grinnell also had one as well. So, uh, lots of big-time stuff going on in that game offensively. It was an offensive side of the game, although uh, Devin Br- uh, Bridges had two-and-a-half sacks as well as Ben Pister, who has been dominant on the defensive side of the ball, had a sack-and-a-half as well um, out there on the football field. And Opera, he uh, got a uh, fumble recovery for the Sioux City Bandits. The other side of that, on the defensive side for Amarillo, um, lots of ten uh, games had ten tackles. Um, the, not a lot as far as uh, you know other stats uh, defensively, uh, because let's just be honest, big numbers usually means that the defense is down. But on the other side, Sioux City had an opportunity and had some big one last week's. Uh, uh, Defensive MVP Slugger, uh, he had only six tackles in this one uh, for the uh, Sioux City Bandits. So, uh, good game last night in reality. Uh, close game down to the minute. Um, but really, you, you looked at it was very even. Six penalties on both sides of the ball uh, for both of them. Um, two lost fumbles uh, for the Wichita Force, um, which, uh, you know, well, mark that. I'm on the wrong step. Zip it back over to the right step. Sorry about that. So let me go back to that and let me rephrase that. Um, as far as the penalties, they, they were still even. Although there were 15 penalties on the uh, Amarillo Venom side uh, compared to eight on the Sioux City side. And uh, the three fumbles as well for the Amarillo Venom. So really a game where you saw, unfortunately, a team end up shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, whether it was an interception or those three uh, uh, lost fumbles that happened in that one. So a good game. Enjoyed it very, very much. Got the coffee here. Had to get a sip of that. Let's head on over to the other game that happened um, in last night's action in Champions Indoor Football. As you saw, the Omaha Beef get a 70-33 to victory over the Wichita Force. And uh, we saw Derek Bernard, 15-26, 191 yards, six touchdowns. He also uh, rushed the ball five times for 21 yards. Calvin Phillips, 
uh, had a rush for 11 yards and six rushes for six yards for Antonio Bright. Uh, Bell, six catches, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Raspberry, and I saw this one. This was a nice catch for a touchdown. Four catches, 43 yards, and that touchdown. Calvin Phillips, two catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Parkinson, one catch, eight uh, yards for a touchdown. And Bray, one catch uh, for uh, six yards and a touchdown. Spreading the ball around offensively were the Omaha beef. So they didn't go back to the same guy over and over. And that's always a good advantage when you're able to do that. Wichita Forrest Jaeger, he was 10 to 20, 101 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. Uh, Huber was seven to 13, uh, only 32 yards. So we saw him come in a little bit later in the game. Uh, Lindsay, 11 uh, rushes, 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jack Tomlinson, seven catches, 61 yards, no touchdowns, but uh, Javette, six catches, 44 yards and a touchdown. Lindsay, one catch, 10 yards and a touchdown as well. Jeremiah Eaton got a catch, uh, didn't get any yards. Uh, he was one of the players that came over from the Texas Revolution after the Revolution did disband and uh, they had a draft uh, in Champions Indoor Football. Jeremiah Eaton was one of those guys that came from Texas. So, um, interestingly enough, good games last night in Champions Indoor Football. A lot to keep track of as we move forward. This was week nine, moving into week ten. Five more weeks after next week. So, we only have six more weeks of indoor football. And then three weeks of playoffs. One week um, right after the season uh, is the first round. Then it was July 4th, so the Champions Indoor Football gave a uh, bye uh, for the team for both teams to get ready for the championship game that happened it happens after July 4th. Um, so uh, that weekend after that will be the championship game. So uh, when you take a look at a lot of things that are going on, uh, some good stuff going on out there. Uh, surprising things going on, so exciting times uh, in Champions Indoor Football. Games are getting closer and closer, and games are getting better. You can check out all the games over on uh, Pluto TV, or you can go over to Champions Indoor Football and the website and click uh, watch um, watch the games on Pluto TV, and you can uh, it'll load automatically to those channels where those games are. So next. Saturday. Uh, games are all set and ready to go in Champions Indoor Football. Some uh, stuff that is going on. The Bandits will be taking on the Liberty as the Oklahoma Aces will be uh, taking on the Beef. They're on the road to take on Omaha. Those are the two games next Saturday, and we'll cover those two games next week. So, uh, you know, just trying to get it out there, let people know about indoor football. And uh, get you introduced into the show as we talk. As the intro says it all, we do it all here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Whether it be football, basketball, NFL, you know, NBA, MLB, all that stuff, and of course indoor football. And of course, if you are around here in the local area and the Dallas area, you get coverage of the Rowland Eagles varsity football team as they take on uh, the Garland ISD as well as Wiley. Um, and some games that are uh, happening out um, there. We're also going to open up a new stadium first night. We've done that uh, two years in a row now. Um, so we'll be looking for fancy stuff. Um, actually, uh, 
opening up new stadiums and getting used to them. We, we've, we've gotten lucky with that as far as the Rowlett Eagles are concerned and our broadcast. Last year, we saw the McKinney ISD Stadium, beautiful new stadium out that way. Um, so uh, we'll keep you more informed with that. So look out for Rowland Eagles Varsity Football. And of course, our sponsors uh, that you hear here on our show are for the Rowland Eagles Varsity Football team. We bring over their ads here to promote uh, within our show for all our locals that are listening to us. We're going to do that. We're going to take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we're going to get into a lot of things that are happening, football, basketball, all that stuff. We'll cover that as well. Major League Baseball. We'll do that here after the break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said as our Sunday morning tradition continues in our 10th year. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costlow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. 
Also Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance funds. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. All right, we are back here in the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, heard every Sunday here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Lots of things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to wait for Cuervo. Cuervo's talking to his pops, so uh, we'll get him playing of time so he's not rushed uh, speaking with him because there's something I know he wants to talk about uh, that we're going to cover here. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but what we'll do instead We'll go into uh, some uh, NBA action uh, that is going on. The Milwaukee Bucks over the Raptors right now are leading that series two games to zero. Interestingly enough, that one is really shaping up to be something completely different. But when you look at the... uh, Golden State Warriors, they have a 3 nothing lead right now over the Blazers. The Raptors couldn't beat them. The Bucks, even though they're up two games to nothing over the Raptors, this one is this one you could just call over because they're doing this without the big man in the middle. And I'm talking about Golden State. And I'm talking about the best player in the world right now. Yeah, I said it, Kevin Durant. Now, I've been hearing a lot of talk right now, and and that's where I'm going to kind of stay here in the NBA. Because the talk is really interesting as the questions on whether or not the Lakers should hold on to LeBron James. There's been people talking about They should let this guy go. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, as I've learned a lot about politics and sports, I've learned a lot about how some people talk to certain people 
And then I've also learned every once in a while when you're gathering information, you'll slip and say something you shouldn't say because of information that you do know, which is one of the reasons why I don't talk to a lot of people about our league. I've also learned the politics of people. I've learned the politics of personality up on top of that. And I will tell you right now that what's going on in L.A. is nothing really different. It just involves the, one of the top five best players in the game today. Yeah, I put him up there on top five. And I received an email regarding this, and this was really simple for me. Yes, and I've been accused of being a LeBron hater. I don't dislike LeBron off the court as he does some wonderful things out in the community. Obviously, the school that he's doing, all the kids are going to get free rides to college. You know, you can't, you can't question his works off of the court, and if you are, you're just a bastard. Simple as that, because I honestly believe that LeBron James does give with his heart, even though it definitely helps his pocket because of tax reasons and everything else. But I believe he actually does it from his heart. I think he is really, really a therapist at all the best. But when you talk LeBron James and what this guy is all about, and you're a storied franchise like the Lakers, this thing was set up for LeBron James. The only problem with that is, is that it was set up for LeBron James, not just this past season. It was set up for LeBron James Four years ago, maybe three, when he left the Heat, it was yeah, three years ago, when he left the Heat and went back to Cleveland. If they had taken the time and got that job done back then, would we be looking at a different Lakers franchise today? And I've got to say yes, because... We're talking three years younger LeBron James, and three years ago LeBron James, no one was coming close to carrying this jock by being called the best player in the game, and he had it, he earned it, and he won. Although can't stand the guy. All this theatrics about him and the, and the, the thing that I hate the most about LeBron James is the stupid talc pop thing. I have a real problem with that. And I know my problem with it. And I know I've been told that I just need to give it up. But I've also learned a little bit about LeBron James and what he's about just within his few years over back in Cleveland. And now his first year over with the Lakers, which tells me that there are franchises that are willing to hang their with a guy like LeBron James who demands to be the center of the attention. Now, does he demand it personally? I don't know. It's more in the fact that this guy is who he is. So that demand is going to be there. That means they're falling back on him. And, I, and listen, I'm not a fan of Luke Walton as a head coach, especially a fan of Luke Walton 
being the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. We're talking about a storied franchise that you don't hire an inexperienced coach that don't know Jack to lead you to the promised land. You just don't do it because that's not what that franchise does. And that's what Jeannie Buss has to open up her eyes to. Now, she tried to straighten that out by bringing on Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson wasn't going to coach this team. But then the politics of talking, you know, business. People say talking behind people's back. I don't call it that. I call it talking business. And sometimes the business gets put out and someone says something that someone should not know about. And that's what happened here. So they lose Magic Johnson. Now that they lose Magic Johnson... The Lakers are in a situation now where they might have to get rid of a LeBron James. Should they get rid of LeBron James? And if they should, why should they? But my theory and my belief is is, is that if you're Jeannie Buss, you've got you to trade him or you're just going to sit him down saying, this is the way we're going to handle business. And what your personal feelings about what's going to happen here are going to be completely and utterly irrelevant. If you can live that with that, LeBron, great. If you can't, that's fine. Uh, but we're still going to hold you accountable. So if it starts showing out on the court that you're just going to just wing it, that's going to be a problem. And we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And if it needs to be talked out in the media, we will. That having been said, that's the name of this show. The fine callers of the program. Let's bring him on. It's 12 on a Sunday morning. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? Good morning, Sonny. I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Over in the California area, you heard what I was talking about. You get it. You hear it. You you hear what's being talked about. As being close, as obviously, you know, I, I threw my theory out. Um, I think, obviously, the best player in the game right now is Kevin Durant, who the, the Golden State Warriors are getting it done without. Thank goodness for them. And they're still the best team out on the basketball court because no one from the East, whether it's Toronto or Milwaukee, have a snowball chance at hell against this team. But so this year's already written out. It's going to be the Golden State Warriors. But next year's a very vital time for this Los Angeles Lakers team and its supposed leader in LeBron James. How do you think that should be handled in the upper office and out on the basketball court? Well, you know, Sonny, I've, I've, there's been a lot of rumors swirling around. Uh, yep. Locally, but a little bit nationally, I've heard it too. Uh, but a lot of people are putting a bug in, in Jeannie Buss's ear to not rule out the, you know, the, the idea of trying to look for a trade partner with LeBron James. Now, a lot of people are going to say, whoa, 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 that's crazy, Cuervo. Why, why would the Lakers do that? Why would the Lakers trade arguably the best player of this generation? Uh, well, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk, Joan. Where's Joan at? No, normally she has yeah, to talk. Yeah, but, Joan, Joan's um, off. I'll get. I'll. I'm gonna. I'll wake her up. No I'll worries. slap her upside her face. All right, sounds good, Sonny. Don't don't hit her too hard though, because I, I, I want her to get too rearranged. Hard. But it, 
it, yeah, well, we don't want to get rearranged. Just to, just to let you know, um, I, I did slap her already. It's Blog Talk hey, Radio. Hey, let me talk. There she is. <laughs> yeah, there she is. Um, but look, let's let's think about it. All right, number one, LeBron is what thirty five now, thirty five years yes. old. He's yes. been in the league for fifteen years. Right uh-huh. now, a lot of people would say, "Well, that doesn't matter. He's still, you know, considered the best player in the game today." Yes and no. Okay, that, I don't know the reason, Sonny, but I I promise you, there's a reason why the Lakers quote unquote shut him down for the last what ten, fifteen, twenty games of the season. All right, and it's not because that the Lakers didn't have a chance. To make the playoffs and all this, no, I think because LeBron is his body is broken down. Okay, uh, let let's be honest with it. Let's be honest about this. Like his body is beat up for you know 15 years of you know 82 games uh, plus the postseason because uh, he's pretty much with the exception of this year he's played the postseason just about every year in his NBA career. So. Every, it's never not just, not just about games. every year except this year. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I don't know. Playoffs. We'll talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Look, playoffs. Jim, 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 Jim. Hear me out, please, Coach. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I maybe his rookie year he didn't make it. But anyway, we can always we can always look that that up at a later time. So that's number one. I think his body is breaking down. And he's just not what he used to be, okay? And I think the Lakers would be somewhat smart if they were to do that because you could probably still get a lot for him in return just because of the name, all right? Number two, and this is a big one, Sonny. A lot of people are going to say that it's not a big deal. Who cares? The relationship he had with Magic Johnson, Magic was a big reason why he even went to L.A. I'm not saying Magic is the only reason, but he is a huge reason why he went to L.A. And now that he's not there anymore, it just kind of seems like the motivation for him to stay in L.A. is somewhat fading away. Hold on. Do you think it was really magic? I mean, because I and I I know magic can be persuasive. I mean, the the guy is charismatic as anybody in the NBA. I, you know, uh, and it, when when magic talks, usually people listen. But really, was it magic, or was it the money, or was it a combination of both? Um, I think it was. I think it was a combination of both. I think because, I mean, you even said it, and I remember this, and I remember because we had this argument before LeBron made his decision to come to L.A. We discussed which L.A. team would would be better. I That's argued good point. for the Clippers. Yeah. I argued for the Clippers just because of, you know, Jerry West and, and his ability to sell – the idea to LeBron about becoming the Clipper and what they could potentially build Absolutely. on that franchise. And I, and I distinctly remember something, what you said, what, and, and it became, and, and you were right on it. You, know, you pat yourself on the back. Don't hurt yourself. You can go I ahead know, and pat yourself it. on the back. 
you specifically mentioned the, the, the relationship that he could build with Magic Johnson. And I said, you know what, that's, that's, I can't argue against that. That's a really good point. Like, that's probably going to be the, the difference in him going to the Clippers or the Lakers as opposed to the Clippers, and that's what wound up happening. Um, so I think Magic was a huge influence on LeBron. Now, with that being said, look, the money he could have gotten, the, that, the money that he got in L.A., he could have gotten anywhere. A- any team could have paid him if they really wanted to. But L.A. made the, took the initiative to actually make it happen, not to mention the fact that, look, L.A. is, it's L.A., it's Hollywood. So, yeah, it's ours. You know, whether whether it's publicity, you know, getting into the entertainment business, whatever, there's no better place than out here on the West Coast. So Absolutely. Um, you know, if that's what LeBron, if LeBron plans to do that, which he has been in a couple of movies, but if that's what he wants to do after his NBA career, you know, he doesn't have to go anywhere. He's already in L.A., so... Uh, it's it's a perfect situation for him, um, but that's now that but, but now that Magic is gone, Sonny, all that stuff when it comes to the team, it's gone. And last but not least, the number three reason why I think the Lakers would not be crazy to trade LeBron away is because he essentially turned his back on everybody else when. They tried to make a deal to Anthony Davis. The rumors have been all over the place saying that, you know, he pretty much tried to get, you know, X, Y, and Z player uh, in a package deal. He's like, yeah, I don't like this dude. I don't want this dude. I don't want this dude. Okay, well, we'll make a deal to try and get the guy that you want. Think about the tension. Think about the elephant in the room that there's going to be if he stays in LA, like everybody's going to look at him like, dude, you tried to, you tried to get me traded, you know, like F you, you know what I mean? So, so I I just think it would be good for LeBron and the Lakers to kind of go their own way. And look again, the Lakers could probably get a lot in return for a LeBron James. So why not? Why not try it? Like, you never know what you could get. You never know the offers that you'll be able to get for LeBron James. Yep. So, so that that's my take on the whole situation with LeBron, the Lakers, and all that stuff. Well, I look at the Lakers as a different one. You know, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Okay. Body breakdown is huge. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, you look at it, most guys, I mean, how many years did Jordan play? I mean, I mean, he's already past the year. But but also remember, this guy came out of high school. He was 19 years old when he joined the NBA, more so than guys mm-hmm. that are usually hitting it around 23, 24 years old before they even play one game. So, of course, there's body breakdown. He's been playing in the league four more years than anybody who graduated high school who plays in the NBA now. He played probably more games, way more games than anybody else. That, of course, having been said, you're also you look at you you got to look at the the value of that. Now, 
it's obviously not the value of what he can bring to a basketball court as far as talent is concerned. We already know this, okay? It's what else he can bring, but the problem is is that where can he go to sell it, okay? can't go to Portland Mm -hmm. and sell it. No one in Portland gives a rip, okay? So this would be all about where – Milwaukee, you know, I don't think they could sell it, Okay? Because of the magnitude of what this guy is, little markets like New, uh, you know, New Orleans Pelicans or you know the Pelicans. What a bad name. Anyway, he, he can't get. He might be able to go to the Pelicans because they are developing a, pro, a, a roster. So maybe I'll just slip out of that. I'm just really having a hard time with that name. Um, but but you know, you go to these smaller places, they just don't have them. You got to go, and and this is the problem with LeBron James. The biggest problem with LeBron James is is that he can't do it himself. Now that's mm-hmm. a lot to put on the shoulders of most most players. Okay, there's no question. I mean, even Michael had Pippen. Even Michael had you know an entourage. I mean, uh, of good players, not great players, but good players. But it, but what ended up happening with Jordan, he was able to elevate all the people around him. That's what LeBron James can't do, it, and, and he might have been able to do it at a younger age. That's why I think this L.A. experiment should have – L.A. should have never let Cleveland back in to try to get this guy. I think three years ago they might have been able to make this work, and they could have been a force against – the Clippers are against, well, the Clippers, but, but Golden State. I mean, so mm-hmm. you got three teams just right there in, in California, uh, and he, I think he could have done it years ago, and he could have maybe brought more players to the game. The, the best place that LeBron James played basketball, arguably throughout his career, was obviously in Miami. Now, granted, they had the talent. They had everybody there. But also remember who else they had. It wasn't the coach. No one gave a rip about the coach. It's Pat Riley. L.A. don't have a Pat Riley. L.A. don't have that standout. L.A. don't have Jerry West anymore. Okay? They, They got an inexperienced guy that can't take a guy and say, listen, the best way that you can be the best player in this world, in, in the world, is you having discipline and you not getting anything that you want just because you are who you are. And you can, you, we can argue that all day long, but that's not what LeBron James's career has been after two years in Miami to where it is now. It's been about LeBron and what he wants, more so than what the franchise wants and the franchise needs. And we're talking about a guy that just has too much control for his own good. And we can sit there and argue it all day long whether or not he should have the power or whatever the case may be. Oh, he, he should demand it and everything else. Help, help. Ty Lu says, yeah, I'll do it. I'll give you, you're going to have to pay me big, 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 big bucks. Okay. Now that was a franchise that said no to Ty Lu and to LeBron James, because let's be honest, LeBron James wanted Ty Lu. The guy they got in there now above, you know, above the, the young cat behind him, as the assistant, his name is slipping my mind, who's going to be the coach if you read, by all means, uh, Jason Kidd in two years. You know, this this might be the best thing for LeBron James, as this new coach. Not Jason 
kid, even though that relationship will be there, but a coach that will say, listen, LeBron, this is the way we're going to do it. And I think what the Lakers tried to do, and I've been waiting to have this conversation, is to put a disciplinarian in front of them and say, listen, we're going to do it this way. We don't care what you want. And I don't know if it will work. Pat Riley had it working since day one, but the uh, but then Pat Riley let the reins go a little bit. But then again, he was also backing out of that position anyway, and that's the reason why LeBron James is who he is today. Too much, too much control for a player that's out there, whether it be play. And your big, your point was huge. You got. You know, other guys on this basketball team that he's saying, yeah, we can get rid of him. We don't need him. And now he gets to see him every day. And that relationship is burnt. And that right there is also something that he's going to have to try to repair. Now, is it repairable? I don't know. You look at the players that are on this team, they're twos, threes, you know, on other teams. Um, But would they have better success elsewhere? Maybe. But when you got LeBron James sitting right in front, when we got a local right there in in L.A. playing in the D League, and Jeffrey Carroll played for the Raleigh Eagles varsity basketball team that we called all these games. Thank you very much. And he's sitting right there playing in the G League. These guys can learn a lot, but when you slight the guys that they did this year, Cuervo, there's no question in my mind the Lakers are going to have to do something if they decide to keep them. And it may be too hard to do that compared to letting Le- LeBron James go. Yeah, and that's why I think it's just it would create for a really toxic, awkward yeah. uh, situation, you know, in that locker room. Because look, a lot of people, a lot of guys, they may not have come out and expressed it, but I mean, think about it. If if you were on a basketball team and and you know, somebody wanted you traded away. How would you feel? You know what I mean? How would I feel? Yep. I'd be, I'd mm-hmm. be pissed off. I just, I, every time I look at that person, I would just be like, I just want to give you the finger so bad, but you sure. know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lower myself to that level. So, um, you know, and, that, and that's why I think, I think it's, it's better to just get rid of one person than to get rid of five guys or even if it is a LeBron James, like, I think the Lakers are, are in a very good position. They have some flexibility. They just have to be smart about it, Sonny. They have yeah. the number four pick in the draft. Okay. Uh-huh. They have LeBron. If they wanted to trade LeBron James, they could trade him away. Maybe get some more draft picks. Or if they wanted to move up in the draft, that would be another way to get rid of some of these other guys and, and maybe try to get that number two spot from Memphis, uh, which I have I have my own opinion on, on the NBA draft, but that's you know, we could talk about that later, I suppose. But well, no, we're going to talk um, about it in a second. Who got the number one pick in reality? I forget. Um, Off the top of my head. You know, just just you know, just the New Orleans Pelicans who have been trying to who have expressed trading away Anthony Davis. So hmm. weird uh-huh. how they they wound up getting the number one pick. But anyways, um, <laughs> <clears throat> so anyhow, uh, yeah, like I said though, the, the Lakers are in a good position to. To really, they have a lot of cards on the table. They just have to know yeah. how to play them. And if they if they screw it up, then I mean it's just going to make for you know another bad season in LA. And how about that's this? The last how about thing the, the, the Pelicans, the Pelicans using that number one, getting it over to the Lakers. 
and then go and, and then go for the championship now. See, that's the decision the Pelicans have to make. Because I think if they went and got LeBron James right now, traded that number one for LeBron James, obviously they'll take Zion over in, in, in L.A. But you'd have Anthony Davis and LeBron on Davis's team more so than LeBron's team. I, I mean, really, I mean, how, how would that relationship work? I mean, and would they be dumb enough to do something like that? Or have I just lost my mind? Well, I mean, LeBron wanted Anthony. He campaigned for Anthony Davis to be in L.A., so why would it be yep. any different if LeBron went to New Orleans? Because it was his oh. team. Now when they go exactly. over there, it's Davis's team. Right. And LeBron does not want to be in that position again. Yeah, I said it, again. Because again. in Miami, that was Dwayne Wade's team. I don't care yep. what anybody says. That was Dwayne That's Wade's team, big and, and, and it was throughout the time that LeBron was there. Um, you know, I think everybody knew that LeBron was just visiting in Miami, and it wasn't something that, you know, uh, LeBron was going to be a, a, a member of the Heat for life or anything like that. Not like Dwayne Wade That was did, just to get a championship though, or two and then get out of town, and he got three of them. So there you and, go. And see, and, and, and now, and so that brings me to my next point. That is the difference between LeBron then in 2011 when Pat Riley pretty much uh, told him how it was and LeBron now where LeBron feels like he has the power to tell others how it's going to be. Absolutely. You see, we're talking about a difference of eight years here, Sonny, eight years of him winning three titles, him, uh, you know, setting records and, and being in eight straight finals and all this other stuff. So at this, you know, at this point in his career and his life, LeBron feels like there is nobody that can tell him what he's going to do. Yep. So that's the difference between 2011 LeBron and 2019 LeBron. And, and that's why, and, real- and that's why it's not going to work if somebody comes in and tells LeBron, oh, this is how it's going to be. LeBron's just going to laugh at him and tell him, yep. no, no, it's not going to be this way. Because we, they have created that, uh, you know, that advantage for LeBron to have. It, they have created that over time. Yeah, Look, LeBron has been – yeah, they have allowed it, exactly. Look, Le- LeBron has no question about it been the best player for the past you know, 15 years that he's been in the league. This year, obviously, he wasn't. But the past 14 years before that, you could argue he could have won 14 straight MVPs. You could have made the argument, okay? Good have. Um, yep. Would have been horrible. By the way, the 12 straight years in the playoffs, just to let you know, I did look that up for you. Uh, first two years so, didn't make it, and then after that, all the way up to this, this past year. Yeah, that's what I figured. I was like, I know he's in the playoffs a lot. I don't know if it was every year, but anyhow, um, you know, I mean, like I said, it's just, he's, you know, you could make the argument he was, he's been the MVP for 14 straight years this year. You know, nobody can say, nobody can argue for him. Um, But it's, it's one of those things, Sonny, where he has so much leverage 
not just with the Lakers, Great but word. in the NBA, yeah. Yeah. where um, where you know to try and revert to telling him that that you know he's not going to get his way, it's not going to happen no more. It's too late for that. It's too well, late Lakers, for that, and it's just the the Lakers have to make this move, Cuervo. I, I I believe in order for the Lakers to be that story franchise that we're used to seeing over the years and years and years, they have to make this move. They have to get LeBron over to uh, to the Pelicans so they can get Zion. So they have to sell the damn farm, Cuervo. And if they don't, they're making a big mistake because this franchise cannot go two more years with LeBron James not making the playoffs. And that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show, LeBron can't afford it. And LeBron shown that he could not carry a team by himself. Listen, when they made that trade, I, I said it. I said, don't make the playoffs. But au contraire, mon frere, I was <laughs> sorry. I was <laughs> I, I was wrong that I thought LeBron could carry this. Didn't he, didn't matter the talent. I really did. And I don't know. I might have been maybe the only one that thought that because everybody cries. Oh, you know, everybody needs help. Well, when you're LeBron James, listen. I bet you in my mind. And I bet you it probably wouldn't have if, if for some reason Jordan wasn't a bull that he you know during the time I know he was a wizard. Don't get me wrong, that was years. He can't even count that year in reality. But during the time when he was a badass, I, you know Michael mm-hmm. Jordan could carry the team. And that right there, I'm telling you right now, that is the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And where that comes from is lack of passion by LeBron James because it's not about the game. It is about the money. Now, is that his fault? No, he's just a benefactor of it, okay? And the NBA did a great job in order to get guys that hardly even play $10 million a year, okay? Or or whatever those crazy numbers bench players are making now. Okay, so they got the popularity in the sport. They did everything with the, you know, with with the Players Association to get them that money and TV deals and all this other stuff. And I'm telling you right now, it's the worst thing that ever happened to the NBA because what we get is watered down NBA, and then these spoiled, rotten brat uh, players, you know, <laughs> wanting what they are. And we uh-huh. can talk about sellout of uh, of uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant just did what was good for business, okay? What was good for business? First of all, he needed a championship. Great, wonderful. Then what else did he need? The money. He got the money. And so when it came to everything that he got, now he can sell. And then we got the great discussion on what's going to happen with Kevin Durant. They're going to win the championship, Cuervo. You know, Milwaukee, great ball club. They don't have a snowball chance in hell of beating them. Okay. Yeah. You look on the you, know, you, you look on the other side. You know the Toronto Raptors. They don't have a snowball chance of beating them, and neither does the team they're beating them. They're already three zero up on top of uh, Portland. They're far and above better than the three three other teams that are left in this one. So Kevin Durant, he's got what three championships now in three straight years. What else can he do? And how much more money can he get? And then we're hearing all the rumors about him and New York. 
and listen, you want to you want to you want to make the Knicks relevant. You get the best player in the game right now today. Which, by the way, is bar none. And if you say it's anybody else, you're wrong. The best player in the NBA right now is Kevin Durant. Yeah, and and I, I've been I've been saying cry baby that yeah for <clears throat> yeah well he is yeah absolutely he is um but yeah and I've been saying that for a while too is you know I think Durant has taken the throne um especially when they beat Cleveland last year I think that was kind of the passing of the torch oh, yeah. uh, when that was know, a I mean LeBron slap. didn't want to give it a passing of the torch that was a bitch slap and that was a statement series to LeBron saying listen was, you may be bad. But you're just not yeah. the baddest. Yeah, that was that was a stealing of the throne. Okay, maybe we'll just put it that way. How about that? Yeah, he <laughs> stole the throne from LeBron. He didn't want to give it up. But uh, if you've seen the movie Friday, uh, yeah, you know, kind of like the character Debo, he just takes what he wants, <laughs> and that's and that's what that's what Durant did. He he absolutely Deboed LeBron James of of the yeah, NBA did. throne as as the best player in the game today. Now. Now, now let's let, before we continue. I, I just want people to be clear: there is a difference between the best player and the most valuable player. Now, oh, everybody's going to say, no "Well, you know, you know, the, the Warriors are still winning without Kevin Durant." And you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. But that doesn't take anything away from Kevin Durant's talent. Kevin Durant's ability to, you know, score 30 points a game, 40 points a game. What that just says is that his value, eh, did they need him when he decided to go to the Golden, Golden State? No. Nope. They did not need him. They absolutely did not need him. We, they are, said we they don't about need that him. on this show. Yeah, and they don't need him. They don't need him to this day. Matter of fact, yep. if Kevin Durant – if Kevin Durant didn't even come back for the rest of the playoffs, Sonny, I still think the Warriors are going to not lose another playoff game this year. They will not I don't lose think so either. They're going to finish Portland off. And that's it. Yeah, and, and it's going to be a fluke one-point win uh, for whoever they play in the finals, which it looks like it's going to be Milwaukee. But you never know. You never know. Toronto might wake up and – uh, you know, go on a tear and, and win four straight games. You never know what's going to happen, but it's looking like Milwaukee. And um, I stopped like watching. You said, though, no matter who they play, no matter who they play, they're not going to lose a game. They're going to sweep the finals. I don't care who they could combine both teams. Put yeah, you get the, you get the, the best players team. on both of those squads, and they couldn't do them. And they're Without still going to sweep them. <laughs> right. Exactly, because as long as you have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, it looks like, I mean, who knows, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins might come back for the finals. I mean, you know, that was another luxury for them, uh, is add add Boogie Cousins to the team. They didn't need him. They had JaVale McGee. You know, they don't need need Boogie Cousins, but that's the thing about Golden State. It kind of reminds you of the New England Patriots, don't it, where – yeah. Even, even if they're winning championships, they're still finding ways to improve their team. And, I mean, can't be mad at that. You always, that that's what defines dynasties is, is just never being satisfied, always staying hungry to get better. 
that's why I stopped watching when when uh, when Toronto uh, when Toronto and, um, and Milwaukee got in, and then they were playing. I haven't watched the game in this round at all. Don't need to. Uh, just hear the stories. I, I heard about the injury. I, I still didn't even pique my interest to take the time to go there and um, watch those games. Didn't need to. Like you said, when you got Seth Curry, who also is arguably one of the top five basketball players in the world today, okay, that's all you need. But and we can talk about the difference there too, because I believe Seth Curry Curry could carry a team by himself. So I I still don't think LeBron James can do it. So he'll always mm-hmm. need he'll always need that sidekick. In order to win, it always be an excuse for everybody who are LeBron lovers. Well, you know, he can't do it himself. Well, why can't he? Okay, why why can't he? I mean, we're in the and the reason why he can't is because he's not as good as advertised, and that's just the way it works out. But that also comes with what you said earlier, Cuervo. The miles this guy has plugged. This guy started in the NBA at 19 years old. My God. So you know. It, and it is it, what it is, and they fed it the way they fed it. You know, it's almost like, you know, it, it, it's what they did with LeBron James is like having a very bad pet, okay? You let your pet get away with something, and he just continues to do it and do it and do it, because guess what? Well, guess what? It don't matter unless you slap it on the ass and say you can't do that, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and But they didn't. So the so dog's out of control. So is LeBron James, and that and I and I'll put it out there. I think he's out of control. But that is the franchise's fault. They should have put a stop to that. Whether it was Cleveland when he went there, okay. Whether it was Miami when he went over there, okay. And, and now back to Cleveland, they didn't stop him then, and they they didn't. And that what I think, Jenny, I think Jimmy Buss recognizes the fact that this has no resemblance of what L.A. Laker basketball is all about. And I don't blame her. And I don't know. I don't know if she's the right person to lead it, to get it back to what it was. I I can't even come close to saying, but I think she recognizes that it can't be done and it can't be done with LeBron. I think they are. I think somehow LeBron's going to be on a different team next year. I'm not saying book it, um, but I'm going to say it would not shock me whatsoever and it wouldn't shock me if they figured out something to do with the Pelicans so they can get Zion because the best thing that they can do is either that number one or number two pick, get the one of those two top dudes coming out of there and build around that and get the, the talent that's coming up or beginning to show the talent or grab up a Damian Lillard from some team, you know, that's going to be a super bad basketball player or, or, or everywhere else. But, you know, then the question will be LeBron in New York. Can he handle it? You know, because there's going to be a lot of talk. LeBron and Kevin Durant. Great, interesting stories because Kevin Durant's rumored to be going over to, to New York. So lots of stuff that we'll be keeping our eye out here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as far as that is concerned. So as we are coming to the end of the first hour, what we're going to do is we're going to take our break. And, guys, get ready because we're locked and loaded on NFL. Forget Major League Baseball this week. Sorry, Lenny. Uh, but there's a lot of talk about in the NFL. And once we get going, it, it just all starts rolling downhill. So get ready for it. Two solid hours for the rest of this show. It's going to be all about the NFL. 
because some great stories, great stories about someone that uh, my co-host has got some mad love for in in the headlines. We'll talk about that on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors, plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. 
He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sonny Clark. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masses. Break it down. All right, we are back. You're on the couch potato sports show breaking down the NFL. Folks, don't forget about the couch potato sports show as we move into late August, early September. Wow, ah, Eagles varsity football. We're going to do a pre-season show. I'm going to bring in the Eagle Eye Bill Cerna, two-time indoor football champion that he is, and his expertise, and obviously, I talk about MVPs of what we do. Of course, the MVP of this show is our fine co-host, Cuervo, but Eagle Eye Bill Cerna, yeah, we could call a game, but not having Bill Cerna, we could get the job done, but it's just that. Much better. The MVP of Rowlett Eagles varsity football, that being uh, the Eagle Eye Bill Cerna. Now, that having been said, that is the name of the show. We talk NFL probably the most and the best. Sometimes you just have to lean on your strengths on what you do best. Um, I don't do a lot of things best, so I'm going to stick into it, but there is some. Huge, I mean, I'm, I'm talking huge news coming out of New York, and it revolves around my co-host, favorite football player of all time, Cuervo. I don't want to steal your thunder. I'm going to let – and if you don't know this, I, you're just not paying attention. I think he is. That and this, that Cuervo, jump into what's happening over in New York regarding your favorite player of all time. Uh, I'll be honest, Sonny. I I really don't know what's going. On. I must be living under a rock or something. You, you know? are under a rock, Cuervo. Oh <clears throat> my goodness, you you have got to open your ears. The New York Jets are rumored to be oh, looking at Peyton Manning yes. as the GM of the Jets, and oh my gosh, this is this is one of the biggest stories quite possibly ever on this show. And the reason why I say that is is because you're talking, to, you know, arguably he's not the best of all time. And yeah. I, I know you don't want to hear that. The best is still playing. But he's, he's a, a short second. But now, I mean, you look at Peyton Manning in his career and what he has done. It's just outside of football, the guy does everything good, whether it's commercials, whether it's commentary or anything, the guy does good. He knows football. He knows what's going on. Is But when we are talking about the New York Jets and Peyton Manning in the same breath, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. As much as I want this story to be true, I'd want it to be for a different football team, Cuervo. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have not heard that. Um, I don't know uh, where exactly you heard it from, but I haven't. Trust me, it's not like I'm not watching ESPN. I watch it all the time, but uh, they haven't mentioned anything. Uh, When you said the Jets, I thought you were talking about the other rumor going on with the New York Jets. And, Wookie, we can get to that in a second. Maybe I'm living under a different rock. What's the other news (laughs) coming from the New York Jets? So there's already there's already rumors swirling that the uh, New York Jets are thinking about okay, and the guy hasn't even played a game for them yet, but they're already thinking about the possibility of trading. Yes, one Le'Veon Bell. Wow, can you believe that already? Like yeah, and and I I, I can't I can believe it actually. And the reason I say that is because he's already his old tactics where he's not, you know, showing up to uh, – uh, and it's not even voluntary. It's little things like uh, showing up to certain workouts with teammates and or some other stuff going on. And, it, you know, he's, so he's already creating that, that distance between teammates that – he has barely even met yet, and to me, that's that's just a, such a bad look for him, Sonny. You know, and it, and it makes you sit there and it makes you think, yeah, you know, no wonder the, the Steelers got rid of him and wanted to trade him away, and you know whatnot. So it, it, it's it's crazy. Like the the Jets are already talking about getting rid of Le'Veon Bell, but I can see why though too, because here's the thing. The other, so the Jets have been in the news a lot lately. Yes. With them firing the GM recently and the uh, yeah, that was team big. president. Yeah. Yep. So, so what that tells me is that that Le'Veon Bell signing was something that they wanted. It's not something that Adam Gase wanted. It's not something that the owner maybe wanted. But, I mean, you got to think that the owner had some sort of stamp of approval on it, right? So, with those two being gone, uh, you know, I think Adam Gase is the one that is pushing to have this guy, you know, traded away already with him not even playing for them. So it's it's pretty crazy um, that uh, – I appreciate the link, Sonny. I'm going to read that here in a, in a little bit. But, uh, you bet. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 he hasn't even played a game yet. So it's it's not even June. Like, oh, yeah. the games haven't even happened yet, and they're already like, yeah, we don't, mm, yeah, we're not feeling this move anymore. It's it's only been two months, but we're not feeling this move anymore. So it just it just makes you think, like, damn, you know, we're this, the Steelers weren't the crazy ones after all, you know, because right. everybody. Everybody was like, God, the Steelers are so stupid for trading away their two best uh, offensive oh, weapons. Oh, contrary, my friend, not this, not this guy, because well, not, this well, guy people, felt it was the right crazy. thing to do. So Most the, the, people thought that, Sonny. Most, yeah, so, because I the don't fact think is, so, Tim. I, I, I thought Le'Veon Bell was, it was a punk anyway, um, and, you know, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, I, I can't help but do this because I, it's not the fact.
fact that I'm a major historian or anything, but I know a story franchise when I see one. When you got a franchise that has six championships by doing the same thing over and over and over, look at the Patriots, they did the same thing. Look at all the teams that are in the NFL, they do the same, same things over and over and over. And when they deviate from the thing that makes you successful, i.e., it's called team because there's no I in team. The best thing that happened for the Pittsburgh Steelers was getting rid of a Le'Veon Bell, getting rid of a big mouth wide receiver that, you know, thinks that he's better than, you know, sliced bread. These are the things that you got to do as a story franchise to show what you have always been about. And it hasn't been about a player. It's been about the team. And when a player shines, it's because he has the attitude of team. And that is, that's the difference between a um, Lynn Swan compared to an Antonio Brown. Yeah. Or and, you know, Frank, you know, Franco Harris and a, a Franco Harris and a Le'Veon Bell. I, I, allow, allow me to play devil's advocate for a little bit though. All right. In, in the defense of Bell and Antonio Brown, I think the one the one uh, uh, common factor in why those two wound up leaving was their relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. All right, Ben Roethlisberger didn't really do the franchise many favors just due to the relationship that he decided to have with those two. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I I think that the way Ben treated the situation really played a big part in the. A decision to get rid of those two guys, and so with that oh, said, you mean the relationship I mean, that I'm I'm a multi champion and been in many Super Bowls and you haven't been, and we should probably yield to my experience more so than your selfish tactics kind of thing. Is that is that what you mean? Well, <laughs> yes, yes, but however, however. The delivery. I mean, I, I if I was a fly on the wall, I could tell you I could probably be of you know more uh, uh, better information. But sure, I don't know. Just something about Ben tells me that you know he rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Absolutely, that's a champion for him. Well, no, there's a difference. Okay, so <laughs> Tom, and so Tom Brady seems like he's a good teammate and he treats he treats teammates pretty well. Ben doesn't seem like that guy because you really don't hear people speak about Ben and when they do speak of him it's 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 like they say just enough to answer a question about you know if somebody asks them about Ben Roethlisberger they'll say just enough to satisfy the needs of the media and and answer the question. But when you hear guys like Julian Edelman and Gronk and talking about, yeah, I don't want to play with anybody else, you know, best quarterback I've ever, you know, best teammate I've ever had, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's a difference. And so that's why I'm saying, and, and, and you want to talk about a champion, hello, Tom Brady has six rings. He's, yep. You know, he's on Jordan's level, right, when it comes yep. to rings. And, and so, yeah, Ben's got two, and that's, and that's cool and all. But like I said, it just it just there's a different feel to it, Sonny. It just feels like, you know, yeah, Ben's our quarterback. He did well today, as opposed to, you know, the way people speak about Tom Brady, his teammates, and, and 
you know, guys that he considers friends. Like, it's just it's it's a different feeling. So, I well, I, I just don't think that Ben really did the franchise point. much favor. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Well, let's talk to someone that knows this. So I will ask Steel City Storm, welcome into the show. Was that the same feel? I mean, Terry Bradshaw, everybody had some major love for Terry Bradshaw on that team. Or was there heat? You lived that. You knew what was going on. How you doing, Steel? Well, maybe I'm wrong. 973, I thought that was Steel City Storm. Are you there? Hmm. He pushed the button. I thought that was still sitting. Maybe he can't talk at this moment. But I'm, I just wonder. I just wonder because I mean, if you go back to to the the uh, quarterbacks that got the job done. Now, the recent ones besides a um, oh, you know, we lost whoever it was. They bailed on us. Um, I thought that was Steel City's area coach. That ain't been said, of course. Um, uh, when you when you look at you know the the Terry Bradshaw, but before Ben Roethlisberger, there wasn't that standout quarterback that took over your team. There wasn't that standout quarterback that you leaned on. So I go back and I think about what people really thought about Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now from my Mm -hmm. remembrance of those days, I was much younger, you know, but so, but, and some of my research is that, you know, Terry Bradshaw wasn't the easiest to get along with because this guy was all about winning games and championships. He didn't care about people's feelings. And I guess that's the reason why I kind of look at Terry Bradshaw and kind of like him because, you know, and, and because it reminds me of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick can give you a rat's badass if you're happy or not, unless you're Tom Brady. And there's something to be said about that. Um, you know, you know, but that's old school mentality. You know, you're, you're here to play a game. I'm the coach. You do what I say. Kind of like something that LeBron James doesn't, you know, can't catch on to. Um, but nowadays with 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 the way the game is played and a Ben Roethlisberger, the way that he is, the experience that he has, I mean, he brings different a different type of quarterback also to that because let's be honest when you look at Ben Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw you don't see those guys on the same level in reality um, as far as the way they played the game Um, I would think we're getting more from a Ben Roethlisberger because of the type of player that Ben Roethlisberger is compared to a Terry Bradshaw when you talk storied franchises, and the reason the reason why I love the word storied when you put it in front of a franchise, it, it's what that means is that it shows a respect of history, and sometimes the new player doesn't understand that respect of the history, regardless if if, if you can get along. See, it, it's like your 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 line of work, Cuervo. It doesn't matter if they don't like the next in command that's above them. They still got to work with them and they got to work together. And if they don't like it, the people that are going to have are going to be gone is not going to be the superiors. It's going to be the guys that got a problem with the superiors. So, you know, it's just kind of the way I, I guess this is a long way of saying there's a pecking order. And, uh, and Uh unfortunately for bell, and uh, Brown's case, 
that pecking order, the one above them, is Ben Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is because you know he he's the veteran, and it's not, it has nothing to do with the championships. It has to do with that he's been in the league longer. And yep. so, with that said, Very. I mean, I, I look. It, I'm not saying just because you're all about winning and, that, and that's what the ultimate goal should be. You should want to try and win a championship. So just because that's that's Ben's mentality is like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win champions. That doesn't mean, you know, you got to be antisocial and be a jerk either. You know what I'm saying? That's the point I'm making. That's why I was saying I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying can, Brown and Bell's side on the situation because look, they they were being very dramatic about the situation themselves, posting on social media and all this yeah. other stuff. And you didn't hear you didn't hear a peep from Ben on social media. He just, of course not. He doesn't need to be. He's a champion. So, um, you know, but you know, behind closed doors, we don't know what the relationship was like. So. All I'm saying is, if you're going to be the leader, you know, a good a good leader is not being a jerk and not giving a crap about the guy to the left and to the right of you. So, you know, if you want to talk about my line of work, look, nobody nobody likes a jerk, uh, uh, believe it or not. I mean, sometimes good point. you have to be one. You have to be one as a leader to get your point across and to, to get – certain individuals to do certain things, but that doesn't mean you got to be a jerk just just because you feel like being one, because that is the ultimate turnoff. And and nobody will respect you. Nobody will listen to you if that's that's how you're going to be. And people will only do what you say in my line of work. They will only do what you say because they have no choice, because they have to. It's not because they want to. It's because they have to, or else you know, you you know you get your you get your uh, uh, how do I say this? You get your your two uh, jewels smashed, you know, when you don't do what people tell you. That's above you. Mm-hmm. You know? but I, so I, I I get that, and I think that's a great point. I, I you know, I, it, it it takes a leader to lead a squadron, and I don't know how many is in a squadron. I look at I look at whoever's going to lead out on that football field, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, it's you know, it's 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 a saying you know that we have. There's a difference between a boss and a leader. You know, one point. says go do this, you know, and the other one says let's go do this. So there's there's a difference there. Good point. And it makes you kind of wonder who who is the boss and who's the leader over there in Pittsburgh. And, and we get right. back to we get back we get back to who should that be? I mean, in reality, who should be the boss? Who should be the leader? Well, let's be honest. The leader should be you know Ben Roethlisberger, but the boss should be the head coach of that football team. And that's been arguably one of the biggest problems with the Pittsburgh Steelers over the years. You know, you know, for the past few, because but you and I, we've talked about it on this show. Really, is there a leadership quality in a Mike Tomlin, or is he just the guy in charge? You know, and we've talked about it on this show, and we've questioned both of them, and we don't know who he is. And I don't know if that's a good thing. You know, 
Because when you go and you look at all no, the great coaches in the world, you knew who was boss. I mean, let's be honest. Right. You piss off Bill Belichick, okay, um, you end up on the next ship out, you know, out the door. So, you know, and right. then that leadership right. comes from a Tom Brady. So it's very obvious. I mean, if you look at championships on how it is, look, you go back in Pittsburgh, go to Chuck Knoll and, you know, uh, you know Terry Coward. Bradshaw. Yeah, Chuck Noll, Terry Bradshaw. I mean, there was no question who was the boss and who was the leader. And, you know, and from my understanding that, you know, not everybody liked Terry Bradshaw, you know, but at the same time they got the job done. And then mm-hmm. I look at mm-hmm. how many disgruntled employees slash players are there in Pittsburgh. Not zero now, but who were before that? Or – who are looking at it and saying, listen, if we want to be successful, we probably should go with the experience to get us to that level. And, you know, and there's, there's a, you know, look as far as a franchise is concerned on what you are going to be perceived out on the football field. And let's be honest, every football team, all 32 of them, expect that leadership to come from the quarterback. Yeah, and that's the way it should be, like you said. I mean, you know, you got the the leader, and that, all thirty-two teams, the quarterback should be the leader of the team. Every team, should, every team's quarterback should be the leader of the team. Is is it that way? Mm, probably not, but it should be. Uh, yeah. And yes, you know, there there is, you know, the boss should be the head coach, but your boss should also have leadership qualities. I don't see it with Mike Tomlin. I'm, I'm with you on that one, Sonny. I don't see yeah. it with him. I'll tell I you, think neither I'll tell you a guy that I agree I, with you. I'll tell you a guy who I do see it with, and that's why if they, if he turned that franchise around in the blink of an eye. Uh, uh, oh, well, why did I bring him up and I can't think of it? Oh, Sean McVay with the Rams. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. The guy is an awesome coach. And, and this is just me watching – you know, clips on NFL Network, and I'm like, you know what? I can tell that guy is, you know, he is the head coach, but he is also a great leader to those guys, to those players, yep. and that's why they respect him so much, and that's why they found them in the Super Bowl within two years of him being the head coach. And this is not me being a homer, but I see the same thing with Matt Nagy with my Chicago Bears, and I'm, yeah. I'm praying to the football gods that he can get them. To, to the ship as well, but I mean, if you if you sit and you watch Matt Nagy and his interaction with with Trubisky and and, and some of the other guys and and what he did for Danny Trevathan, uh, you know, uh, bringing his grandmother in to watch watch a practice uh, with her health issues. I mean, who does like how many coaches have done that for their players? You know what I mean? Yep. That's true leadership when you invest into your players. And you know what motivates them and and, and what makes them tick. Uh, that to me, you're not just a head coach; you are a leader to your your players. And to me, those are the guys that are going to be successful for twenty twenty years or however long they're going to coach. You know? Yeah. And Belichick Belichick looks like a you know an a hole on camera, but I promise you that guy is not the same person that he is off camera. I promise you he's not. I'm going to tell you one thing. Whatever it is, they buy what he's selling. 
It there works. is no question yeah, about it that. It works. <laughs> it and definitely same thing works. when you talk about Sean McVay, because you just don't walk into a franchise like the L.A. Rams, who's been bad as they have been over the years, and literally turn it around as soon as you sign the freaking contract. Okay, you right. got to be able to. Right. You got to be able to, you know, sell what sell what you're selling to people. You got to get people to buy into it. And we talk and it's an old cliche in sports. You know, you got to be able to, you know, get people to buy into what you're selling and whatever it is about McVay that they could, you know, and, and, but, it, but that could also become from the mentality of the franchise and the players that play on that team, because maybe they saw anything walking in would have been better, but then, you know, it, it was easier to buy in because they were just so desperate for change, i.e. Cincinnati Bengals. What, how will they be? I mean, they may not have the talent, but will they turn that franchise around because of new leadership, because of the old stale thing that was there before? Maybe so. And the, and, and it, it's all different, and, and it's all relative, depending on where you're going to be and how it's going to be. And the lack of the being a boss slash leader, of the Pittsburgh Steelers as the head coach in Mike Tomlin, listen, I was calling for his head two years ago, okay? Now, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. or wrong, it doesn't matter, but when you got a guy that can't lead the players out on the football team, Mike Tomlin should have shut that down, and he wasn't able to do so. So that's either, A, he's got leadership quality skills that need improvement, or B, the money from those two players that you know, they had a problem with were more important than trying to find a respect for a Mike Tomlin. So I don't know if Mike Tomlin is a victim of him just not being a good leader more so than guys like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown that can command the type of money that they ended up getting. Maybe a little bit less for Bell. It actually made me feel good. He got a lot less than what he was looking for. Uh, But when you, when you got a guy, you got a couple of guys that'll look as far as finding out what their value to a team is is money that they could get elsewhere. That's that's where my mentality is saying, God, did the Pittsburgh Steelers get it right to let him go? And it, because in reality, it was not necessarily about the wins and losses. It was about what they could put in their pocketbook. Now we're only talking a couple million dollars difference. I mean, really, I mean, I mean, he took less than what the – Le'Veon Bell took less than what the Steelers were offering them. So – but not because he wanted to go to the – that's all he could get, more so than a Brown got what he wanted. So I, I just look at him in a different way. But, Cuervo, when you look at what's going on over in New York and the rumors talking about a Peyton Manning heading into the GM spot, you talk about a guy that is so well-respected, whether it be out on the football field or what he does and a Peyton Manning, it seems like a marriage made in heaven. But I wonder if this ends up happening as far as someone leading the team in the general manager position or whatever the case may be, I think Peyton Manning is better served on a different football team besides the Jets because, let's be honest, the, the Jets are not a story franchise about anything, more so than maybe the Indianapolis Colts that he played for or the Denver Broncos that he played for. Yeah, and I just I just think there's no foundation there, Sonny. I mean, who wants to walk into a, a situation where, you know, you really don't have any foundation? 
Um, it's just going to be a challenge. And, you know, and maybe, maybe Peyton's up for the challenge. And maybe that's why he would consider taking the job to see, you know, if, if he can turn the franchise around and he can uh, <clears throat> turn them into a winning, a winning franchise. Uh, I mean, obviously you still got to get through Tom Brady. I mean, that guy will play as long as he wants to play, but yeah, I mean, until then, you know, you're, you're building that team to prepare to take, yeah, you prepare to take to, you know, who's going to take the throne away from new England once, once Brady's gone. So in reality, I mean, I, I mean, I would like to see him in a different place as well, but if that's, you know, where he decides to go as his first job as a GM, then all the power to him. I will become a closet jet fan, Sonny. Yeah, closet. <laughs> yeah, very Definitely. like deep in the closet. Like deep in the closet. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see him see, see the the greatest story ever told is Peyton Manning turning around the New York Jets after his storied career. You know? Turning mm-hmm. around a franchise that has been in oblivion of mediocrity over the years, okay? You know, regardless who they had a bad coach, regardless who they thought could get the job done, but ultimately didn't. Um, you know, you know. So when, but the the biggest question when you'd have a Peyton Manning is, is do you roll on? with what you got now or how much head chopping do you, are you going to have to make, you know, to do in order to be successful in New York for the Jets. Okay. All right. So when you're there, is it Adam Gase that's got to go or does he work with Adam Gase to try to figure out what needs to be done? I mean, in reality, Cuervo, when you got, I, I, I'm sorry, Adam Gase sucks. Okay, let's just be honest, okay? This guy couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag, and the guy needs help. So the fact of the matter is is that when I seen this thing, the first thing that came to my mind is is that they need an offensive coordinator. Let's bring in Peyton Manning, but let's make him the GM so he can make the moves to, you know, get the playbook right. That's what I saw. Maybe I'm wrong, Cuervo. I don't know. But is that what you see, or do you see a real opportunity here for him to do the job as a as a general manager for the Jets more so than being a you know a what do you call a um, um a, a, a offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean if if he can if he can spot talent as as good as he can run offensive plays, then I think the Jets are going to be just fine. That's what happens. But, you know, I mean, we've seen it in other sports where big game stars like this make their run at being a GM or, uh, you know, or even a head coach. Um, I think, I think Peyton would be a much better head coach than he would a GM, but I agree. You know, that's, that's just my opinion. You know, the guy um, can write up a playbook in his dreams. I mean, my God, I mean, the, the guy wake up in the morning and, and and call you know call a game fresh out of bed better than any head some of the coaches that are out there who are struggling. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, he did have a whole I mean, career after his fourth year out on the football field. He was basically an offensive coordinator out on the football field because he was just sure. that smart from 
compared to some of the other ones that are out there, and never mind the head, never mind offensive coordinators or slash head coaches that were running those media mediocrity teams. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a tough thing to really judge, Sonny. I mean, sometimes you think things are not going to work out, and they do. And then sometimes you think things are going to work out, and they don't. So it's hard to say. I mean, who would have thought Michael Jordan was going to be a, you know, not terrible GM or owner of a basketball team? But I mean, if if it's you know. Him, the player, would have matched him, the owner. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets would be in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, but they're not. So, Absolutely. You know, it, it's just the way it goes sometimes, you know. Uh, so Yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't see – when I looked at it, the, I don't see it as a real, you know, GM job that would be offered out to Peyton Manning. I really don't because of the fact of – who's leading that team, and that being Adam Gates, who's supposedly an offensive genius in reality, and depending on who you you believe, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe I should have said offensive genius was probably a little bit beyond what it is, but of course that's what everybody thinks of the guy. He knows offense. He's great. He, you know, but but at the same time, man, when you add a, when you add a Peyton Manning there, you 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 don't add a general manager. I'm sorry. You add a guy that knows a playbook. In reality, if you're going to do it, you hire him as the coach, and whether it be the head coach mm-hmm. or offensive coordinator. But GM, I don't get it. I, and, and just to be, and that's because of who's in leadership right now at the head coaching position slash offensive coordinator. I just don't see it. And not only that, I think it would. I think it would scar his. I think it would really, in reality, especially if he couldn't turn it around. It would definitely kind of put that damper on what his legacy is all about, which is greatness. Yeah, yeah, it, it could. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's going to say that he's no longer first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, as a player, but it, it'll kind of – people look at him in a different light a little bit if he fails as a GM. Um, you know, maybe they yeah, – People will say that he should have went and became a head coach instead, and I tend to agree. Um, I, I again, I just think he's he's better fit for a head coach. Um, he's yeah, I agree. Too much. I, I think he's a guy that's just too much of a hands-on uh, to be a GM. That's too much of a, a, a quote-unquote laid-back job to where you should not be as involved. And that's just not Peyton's style. Like Peyton is a guy that likes to be involved, likes to have a lot of say-so in things. You know, I mean, my God, like, I mean, we just talked about it. He was an offensive coordinator at quarterback for 15 years out of the 19 that he played. So if that's not hands-on, I don't know what is, Sonny. So that being said, I mean, that's just how I see it. I just think. Cuervo, man, hasn't it? It's been. God, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been four years since Peyton, Peyton Manning retired. He he retired in 2015, for God's sake. And it seems like it, it, it seems like forever and a day since we haven't seen Peyton Manning not on well, the football field. You know, it's you know, it's funny about that, Sonny. Is I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days now. Uh, I I plan on if if all's well, uh, which I'll be almost retired. Uh, I'll be about 
five, four or five months away from retiring from uh, my current career. Um, but I would like to go to Canton, Ohio for his uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement. And that's going to be in August of 2021. Like, I've already got it set out in my head. Like, you already, I, I know when it's you already be. set the dates, right? Oh, yeah. I've already, I'm already planning it in my head. So, you know, it's 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 crazy that I mean, yeah, he's been it's it's going on three years now. It's really he's, he's not tired. It, it really not, and, and not even yeah, three and, seasons. See, and and then I, you know things start swirling in your brains when you think about it. If, if he goes to the Jets, you, you have you have Peyton Manning on the AFC side, and then the NFC side you have Eli Manning, and then all of a sudden New York becomes a Manning town, you know, more so than than anything. And you know, and, and you know, talk about something that'll make you end up laughing is is that you know that New York turns into a, a, a Manning town. It just it's it's hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Right. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, that. Is, so we'll keep our eye on this one because you know because let's be and I don't know if you heard heard about it. You know, you know, back in November in 2007, if I'm not mistaken, toward the end of that season in 2007. There, there were rumors swirling around that um, Jimmy Haslam wanted to bring Peyton Manning on in a, uh, in a, you know, executive role for the Browns at the time. So, you know, now that that situation, you know, where it's at and what's going on, the Brian, you know, the the Browns was always interested, you know, but the Haslam Gase Manning love affair. Is it there? I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, and how much would it, I mean, I I don't think you can put them in a role of general manager, but maybe an advisor more so because that's a hell of a, that is one huge title that not affects just the offense. It affects your whole football team and and no disrespect Mm -hmm. to Peyton Manning. I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but, would he really want to take on the role of a whole whole football team instead of being responsible for something first that he knows he can control or figure it out more so than adding two more pieces to a puzzle of defense and special teams along with what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball. It might be a tough thing. And, you know, I, I just, I just personally don't think it's the right thing for Peyton Manning to head down that around, head down that road, um, but it's real interesting. We got to keep our eye on it. And listen, if someone if someone picked up Peyton Manning to go someplace else, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, because I think he could be a good good spot uh, anywhere as far as that is concerned. And you know, you talk about the Browns connection and everything else that was going on with that and everything else. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now regarding Odell Beckham um, with the Browns. It, it makes you kind of wonder if a Peyton Manning could solve that problem, you know, when it's out there. Because Odell Beckham, you know, wh- regardless what happens, when you get an Odell Beckham, good, bad, or indifferent, you get a guy that just has the word with a capital D up on his face. And I'm not talking dumb. I'm, ca- I'm talking drama because whether it's um, 
causing problems in the OTAs, you know, things that uh, whether one guy will say the things that are happening in the OTAs are being blown out of proportion or whatever the case may be, you know, he's, you know, arriving late, you know, doesn't seem like he wants to have the spotlight focused on him, all the drama that comes with this guy, you know, so maybe, you know, but I don't know if Peyton Manning would go to the Browns. I mean, you're talking about a rival team that he played against many, 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 many times. The Browns? I don't think the yeah. Browns. Uh, oh, they were they were hot, hot and heavy for Peyton Manning back in 2017, Cuervo. It was towards the end of the year. They were talking about wanting to bring this guy on so they could try to change the change the landscape of what the Cleveland Browns were. Yeah, um, but I think I think the Browns are happy with uh, the gene they have now. So <laughs> I don't see them becoming a Cleveland Brown or a well, you know, no, GM that's, of that's the Cleveland That's why Browns. that's why Peyton Manning going like to a Brown situation, he'd be more of an advisor role because I mean, let's be happy. Uh, or let's be honest, oh, the so, Browns so are happy with what they got the going Browns. on over there. Yeah, at the GM. Yes. So a team like him. Okay, I get what yes. you're saying now. Yeah, I think I mean, that's better. I mean, who who would be who would start. be best for for an Odell Beckham and the, and the the drama that Odell Beckham is than Peyton Manning if he's if it's going to get calmed down, Peyton Manning could do it. I believe that. I think he could do the same thing with Antonio Brown. I mean, to get mm-hmm. yeah, a, a constant professional in his face, and if he thought, and I, I'll put it out there, you know, if he thought, you know. He didn't like his brother, Eli Manning. I don't think he could look at Peyton Manning because, listen, if Peyton Manning and Odell Beckham had a connection, he'd be breaking records right and left maybe. So, I, you know, I think that there could be a different kind of respect coming that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think, you know, as much as Odell – uh, people talk down on him. I think he is a guy, though, that does respect the game. He respects the the guys that have come before him. Uh, I think he is a guy that does is able to show that he's not he's not one of them guys that you would that, not for me at least that I think of as a guy that would be disrespectful to the the, the players before him. You know, say if he was to, and I'm sure he's met a guy like a a Randy Moss before or a T.O. or Jerry Rice or, you know, guys that, that paved the way for wide receivers uh, today. Um, I today. think he would be a guy that is just beyond grateful. You know, he's, uh, he's not – he doesn't seem like a cocky person. He just, he's just dramatic on the field, Sonny, because that's just how he gets. I mean, it's kind of like Des Bryant. You know what I mean? Like, now, Des Bryant does run his mouth a little bit more, but it, 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 you have to also look at it as those guys, they get mad on the field because they just want to win. And they get right. mad when yep. certain things don't happen and they're mad because a play didn't go their way or, or a call didn't go their way. Um, so. And that's just how much that's how much winning means to these guys. And um, you know, receivers are they're they are they're divas. Uh, yes, I think I think there's different levels of it. And you know, a guy like a Nodell, 
shows it on the field, whereas opposed to guys like Antonio Brown, they show it on Twitter and they show it in places that they shouldn't be showing it in the locker room, yeah. Facebook yeah. diving, you know, yeah. come on, man. You know, like, and, and, and then, and then on top of all that, you walk around with a blonde mustache, like, come on, man. Nobody takes you serious anymore. Once you wear yep. a blonde mustache, like it's over. Like, nobody's taking <laughs> it's, you serious anymore. That's tough to look at. Yes. But it, <laughs> I, I, you brought it up and it's actually next in my list is Des Bryant today's, New Terrell Owens. If you look at the tail end of his career, Terrell Owens, this guy was just, you know, wow. I mean, just a cancer. And and let's be honest, I mean, Des Bryant has never really been a guy that hasn't – I mean, it, but they're almost words of a feather when you think of that because we talk about – I, I do. I love Odell Beckham's passion for the game. There is absolutely no question. If anybody questions that, they don't understand wide receivers. But you also got to understand what kind of effect that that kind of you know attitude can you know have on a locker room. And obviously, the Dallas Cowboys couldn't have it. Obviously, he couldn't get it done mm-hmm. anywhere else. Now he's still, if, I, if I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, he's actually still under contract with the Saints. I don't know if he'll be able to come back from that Achilles or not. But as far as owning the rights, I think the Saints have it. But I mean, if you look at if you look at Terrell Owens' uh, career, I mean, it's it's almost a and and uh, Des Bryant almost a mirror type thing. I mean, they were loved them be loved for what they did, and then when all of a sudden they're not winning, they become the scapegoat of the problem of what ended up happening. And I think that's what she mm-hmm. ended up getting between Des Bryant and Terrell Owens. It's almost like a mirror career in reality when you look at it in the you know in the big picture. Well, I mean, and it's easy to make them the scapegoat because of the reputation that they they have built for themselves. So, yeah. So what I'm what I'm saying is they don't do themselves favors, but at the same time, I think people point the finger at them uh, even when it's it's not their fault and it's not necessary to blame them for things. So it's it's a double edged sword for those guys. Yes. Um, yes. Because you know they 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 bring it on themselves, but they also take you know they're also the scapegoat and they also take the fall for things that happen. You know, again, Antonio Brown not not in that category. Like everything right. that happens to him, everything that people say about him, he brought it on himself. Absolutely, okay. with 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 the with the social media drama that he that he that he brings, wearing a blonde mustache, and I just can't get over that. But you know, but but it's the stuff like that. Well, that's just like, stupidity personified. I'm sorry. But yeah, and I he mean, brings on, it on himself. On. I, I, I yell out, come on, blonde mustache. Come on, I, exactly. I'm sorry, that it, it's ridiculous. So, but so like I anyway. said, for, so for guys like Antonio Brown, like all the criticism that he gets, like he gets what he deserves because he, he yep. brings it on himself. And and, and the, the funny thing about that is, is it's the same thing with Des Bryant and uh, 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 Terrell Owens as well because you can say whatever you want about Terrell and, and listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for what he did out on the football field, Terrell Owens, because. And not only that, the guy's never been arrested. He's got personal problems. The guy's never been in jail. This guy, you know, he may not be a character guy, but he also can say the guy's never been in jail, so that's a good thing. Um, but you're right. 
it's these wide receivers. They bring that unnecessary drama on themselves, and then they're shocked that people react to that drama in a negative light. And I don't understand the being shocked about it, and I don't think anybody ever should be shocked about it, whether it's out on the football field or whether it's on the practice field or off of the football field itself, away from it in public. There, there are things that you can do as a person to get out of that limelight, and it's almost like that they relish in whatever could be talked about them. Because let's be honest, where what's the biggest thing in sales? The, the more they talk about you, good, bad, or indifferent, at least they're talking about you. And mm-hmm. and in the mm-hmm. NFL and mm-hmm. football players, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on what they're saying. I mean, yeah. all good talk point. is not all talk is not good talk. You know what I mean? So yep. it's it's just so, all about yep. what the the, the rep, reputation that you've built for yourself. See, To To is another example of a guy that, um, you know, his drama was on the field. Okay, standing on the star, uh, doing all that stuff that was on the field tactic. Ta- Tactics, tactics, whatever, how you say that word, um, you know, signing a ball with a Sharpie. See, people, people call Bring that drama. An unnecessary I call it, spotlight on yourself is basically what you're saying. Right, but I call it competitiveness because, and that's how he expressed it. Is it right? Yeah, we can argue that all day whether it was the right thing to do. Um but that was the way he expressed his competitiveness on the field. That's why, like, stuff that guys do on the field, I really don't have a whole – I don't have a whole lot of issue with. Unless you make it personal, then I have a problem with it. T.O. never made it personal with anybody that I can remember. It was just – that was the way he expressed his competitiveness. Yeah. Um, but – And when he's getting in the corner corner's face, it's the competitive – Bring it out. Let's see what you got. And I've always, I always dug that about him anyway. Sure. Yeah. And but, you know, he he acted, he acted, you know, he did act goofy at times off the field. You know, in his driveway doing sit ups as the media is talking to him. It's like, okay, man. Yeah. That. You know, like we don't, we don't need to see your abs. Well, I get. Yeah, we don't need to see your, we don't need to see your eight pack. We know you're in tremendous shape, which he probably still has to this day. I don't know if you've seen oh, him recently, but he looked quite he looked the same as he did ten years ago. So yeah, the um, difference between him and Barry Bonds is <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Co still wears the same size hat if he wears yeah. hats. If you know what I oh mean. My God. So, there you go. But uh, you know, so To falls in the same category, in my opinion, as a as an Odell Beckham, uh, or even a Des Bryant to an extent. Um, yeah, because you really don't hear much from Des Bryant off the field. All of his stuff is on the field. So, um, but like I said, you know, guys like, you know, like like AB, it's just all that unnecessary stuff off the field was just, you know, it was, it was too much. And, and as much as I love Randy Moss, Randy was a guy too that. Even off the field, he brought a little too much attention on himself. Sometimes he would say things and whatnot. Like the straight cash homie thing, love that. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it, was, it was just funny to me. It was just funny to me. I don't think there was really any drama with that. 
but, uh, you know, uh, some of the other things, you know, a little bit unnecessary, but, um, but yeah, Brown, Brown's just on a different level of, of diva when it comes to the wide receiver position. And I agree. And, you know, and, you know, and it kind of makes me wonder if these guys that we're talking about, you know, Keo, uh, Randy Moss, hell, even a guy like a Chris Carter, uh, have reached out to Antonio Brown and have said, look, dude, say, you know, you got to calm down with the, with the drama on social media. You need to calm down with, with, with the things that you've been saying and, and whatnot. And, you know, maybe that's why we heard, haven't heard from him lately. You know, Chad Johnson is another great example. Ocho Cinco, another guy on the field, just ran his mouth. But that was just his competitiveness coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but off the field, what, what bad do you have to say about him? Honestly, what, yeah. what is, what is something bad that he did off the field? I can't think of anything. I'll tell you, I, I, I follow him on Twitter, and the guy is Listen, but I found a different respect for Chad Johnson a long time ago. I, I Listen, and you can go back in the archives and hear me bash this guy all day long. And not only that, you, when we're doing what we do, Cuervo, obviously we're replying to what we see. And sometimes we don't get the whole story. But I'm going to tell you right now, out of all the people that you've heard stories about over the years, there's only one that I respected for continually doing what he did, and that's Chad Johnson. Because Chad Johnson just went ahead and accepted responsibility for stuff that he did not do, which, by the way, was proven that he did not do, and took the responsibility because of that. his definition of being a man was mm-hmm. for him to suck that up. And let me tell you something. I have I've changed my opinion about Chad Johnson, uh, you know, a total 180, because I got more respect for him because of his uh, guys. Just look it up. Look what happened to Chad Johnson and, and the things that were going on with his personal life and what they accused him of that were not true. Turned around that uh, someone else was, uh, and the guy just sucked it up because that's just what men do. In his words, by the way. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I have. I found a, a whole different type of respect for Chad Johnson um, because of that situation. It's, I, 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 I put it out there. I think he's a stand-up dude. Um, you know, and the antics that we've seen from a Chad Johnson, you know, back in the day and maybe even to this point, the antics that he does now, you can look at it and, and say, you know, there, there's, a, there's a guy. There's a man right there because that guy, that guy took a lot of crap especially from me in this show and many other talk shows that, you know, sports talk shows that are out there bashing this guy right and left. But really, to be honest, Cuervo, when you talk about all the things that we talk about, which is what we do on this show, we elaborate on what we think about what's going on. He's the only one, I think, the media and the, you know, to a certain extent to the media or parts of the story that were not true um, showed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, out of all of them, and we, I mean, 
I'm, we've been on the you've been on with me over nine years. Uh, I've been on the air for ten. It's the only story that I think everybody got completely wrong ever. There was usually some truth to some of the other stuff, but that story right there, it it hasn't changed the way I do a show. I'll still bash someone with partial information of what I believe on it, but. He's the only one where the truth and everything was compl- uh, and the reports that were out there were completely wrong in the 10 years that I've been doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just, you can't judge the book by the cover. You know, you gotta, yep. you gotta read the, you gotta read it. And, uh, you know, with, with Chad, I mean, that's, that's basically what happened with him. So um, they call him a ba- you know, basically they call him a white beater and he sucked that up. And the guy didn't lay, lay a finger on him, and and she, not only that, she came out and said it. So it's not he. It's not something she came out and said he didn't lay a hand on him. After, of course, she said you know she lied through the whole thing, and, and so you gotta love it. And um, you know, I, and I do. I have a different type of respect for Chad Johnson than I did today compared to ten years ago. And, you know, even to that point, five years ago when all that stuff was going on. So, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Well. That's going to take us to our third hour, Cuervo. And not only that, I mean, I had a long list of things. It's always good when we start elaborating and go out in left field. And I still got plenty of things that we can talk about. Hell, we might even go into a little bit of overtime because that's just what we do here on this show. So what we're going to do, we're going to go into our last break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll come back the final hour and maybe then some in a little overtime here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. 
This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance. Serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Costlow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at costlowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. I don't know. 
I don't know the full story behind that, or even for that matter, who the GM in reality up there, in, well, up there, down there in Atlanta is. But the fact that Scott Pioli could not break out of the paper bag and become the uh, general manager of the Atlanta Falcons makes me kind of wonder if he just got sick and tired of this and said, you know what? I know I can do other things out, you know, elsewhere because that's what he said. He's retired. Uh, he has resigned from his position with the Atlanta Falcons to pursue other opportunities. And I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, if you're an Atlanta Falcon fan, you better be worried about the fact that you don't have a Scott Pioli on the on the bankroll right now. Yeah, and for those who don't know, who who may may just not know you know, that, that world when it comes to the NFL and all you know is players. Look, Scott Pioli was a huge part of the first half of the New England Patriots dynasty. Matter of Absolutely. fact, he was the GM of the first half of that Patriots dynasty. So he, he was, was directly the one involved. responsible for Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, was he the one that drafted him? I think so. I'll look you know that what? up. I think he is. Oh. Uh, I mean, regardless whether he drafted him or not, uh, the the things that came directly after that, Scott Pioli was that guy. And and then after that, I believe he moved on to Kansas City and was starting to build what they had there. Uh, and then that's when um, oh, the guy that's in that's in Cleveland now, uh, I can't think of his name, but. Uh, the one that just moved over, uh, John, John something. But anyways, uh, look, bottom line, Pioli, ha- wherever Pioli has gone, uh, teams have become successful. Uh, so with that being said, uh, yeah, I think, first of all, you're right, Sonny. Uh, why he wasn't the actual GM is, is beyond me because whoever the guy is right now, um, we're going to find out if, he was meant to be the actual GM of this football team or not? Or was he just listening to everything Pioli would tell him and then take the credit for it? We're going to find out very soon. So, so you got that, but you know, um, it's, 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 I think it's a big loss. It really is. uh, Believe it or not. Cause it's guys like that behind the scenes that people don't know about that uh, make these teams run and, and be as successful as they are. Absolutely, and and you're right. The first part of the legacy that is put together um, was a big part of Scott uh, Pioli's work that he did with the New England Patriots. I mean, we can sit there and argue, and again, I'm, I, I, I thought he was part of that. It might have been a year or two that he came out of it, um, but the simple fact of the matter is, is when you see the success that this guy has, obviously Kansas City recognized it, and then Atlanta, again, why he wasn't the guy in charge, the general manager. I I, I can only speculate that he he is sitting here thinking to himself, what the hell? Why, you know, why, why am I doing this now? Um, You know, and by the way, uh, just to let you know, it was Scott Pioli just found it by the way. Um, And he, and he was at at the time, quote unquote, very high on Tom Brady. Um, And the fact that he fell to the sixth round was a complete shot. Now, remember back in the day, Cuervo, weren't there like eight rounds during that time back in the, when that was going on, now there's only six in reality. So they, they've taken Um, two. 
So I know there used to be ten, uh, but I Maybe think that stopped. It. I think that stopped like in the what late eighties, early early nineties, or something like that. It's been seven rounds for a while now. Right. It's, it's a seven round. It's seven rounds. So, um, I don't. Uh, but I can't remember how long ago it changed. I just know that it's seven rounds. Yeah, and, and if you remember back in the day before Pioli and Brady got there, this was a football team that, oh, God, it was a joke. In fact, they were lucky to be in the Super Bowl with the Bears the years the Bears, you know, you know, kind of just dominated them in the Super Bowl. They were lucky to be there. But after that, and you take away from that in reality, you know, it, 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 was, a, it was a hard sell back in the day to say the Patriots had a good football team. And, and remember, I mean, Tom Brady took over for a Drew Bledsoe. And listen, the people in that town loved Drew Bledsoe. And the only reason why that Tom Brady got that is because of the injury. And after that, you know, it, it is what it is. But you, you think about the whole thing as far as, you know, they, you know, quarterbacks and everything else i was looking at a number tom brady has started 191 games for the new england patriots the closest person next to that was mark bulger at 95 and the next person before that was 81 okay and they had a lot of love for Vinny testaverde he didn't even come close i mean as far as the numbers as far as the starts were concerned so when that whole story that was going on during the time, you know, bringing in a Tom Brady, um, it wasn't likely he was going to walk in there and win the job because of who they had as far as personnel at the time. But, man, oh, man, it, it, in reality, Cuervo, you, you take a look at what Tom Brady is, and the result of that is the best and the biggest deal in NFL draft history in reality uh, as far as a six-round draft pick uh, bringing in uh, a Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's considered the greatest steal in NFL history. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, you have to, I mean, you have to acknowledge that. It is really, that's all there is to it. You have to acknowledge that, you know, he was he was with that, involved in that, and yep. I mean, that just goes to tell you, like, you know, whether whether you can say like he knows how to spot talent or he knows how to listen to other people, whatever, however you want to say. Learn. It. But look, he was he was he was that he was a part of it. So, um, like I said, everything everywhere he. <clears throat> I was just going to say, everywhere he goes, family he's successful. business can kick him out, right? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and that's—I don't know if—I don't know if it was, you know, he—he he went to go pursue oper- other opportunities, which means he's probably lining up for another GM job somewhere else. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if that was the case when he left New England, or New England was like, "Now nah, we're done with you." Um, I would like to think it was. It was that he went to go pursue another opportunity, but oh, I, I City, can't right? remember I mean, to be honest. He went. With you. he went to Kansas City from. Uh, from he the did. Patriots, he went right? to Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, interestingly enough, I mean, when Scott Pioli is out there, I'm telling you right now, you got a guy that you, if you're if you're a football team that needs a GM or are thinking about a consideration of making a change, if Scott Pioli's not on your short list, you're an idiot. 
So get your head examined. If he's not there, he's available. Get it on out there. That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. Uh, we do NFL, and that's just what we do best. Um, that leads me to the uh, story that I think you'd be a little bit interested in, Cuervo. Uh, last thing coming out, it just depends on what you believe. Uh, Vegas has come out and the Chicago Bears have been given a 10% chance to win the Super Bowl in the next three years. Cuervo, I think that, and listen, I, I'm all about being right, you know, but I even think that's low. I mean, and, and I'll go back to what you said. It, I think a lot of it has to do with what's out on the football field at the head coaching position for this football team. Because like what you said earlier, Cuervo, Nagy is definitely getting people buying in on what he's selling. But to give the Bears only a 10% chance to win the Super Bowl in the next three years, I think that's a little low. What's wrong with Vegas? Why are, why are Vegas? not giving the Chicago Bears, I think, a percentage that maybe I think should be up at around maybe in between 18 and 20%, one in five shots. Because I think nationally, Sonny, people are not sold on Mitch Trubisky. That's a good point. He still takes a lot of, not slack, but um, people aren't buying into him as a quarterback just yet. I think people are buying into – everything else that the bears are doing, you know, what they have going on defensively, um, you know, as far as Matt Nagy is concerned, I think the, I think the, I think the, uh, the jury is still out though on Mitch Trubisky. And I think this year will, will be the telling tale of, of whether Mitch is going to be the future of the Chicago bears for the next eight to 10 years. Um, I mean, obviously, as a Bears fan, I, I have all the faith in not just Nagy, but in Mitch to get it done. And, you know, so I, I think if, if people had more confidence and believed in Mitch a little bit more, you probably could see that, you know, sitting at maybe 15, 20%, something like that. Uh, but do you think that injury made, that, made that a big, uh, is what dropped him down a little bit? You think that, that injury that he suffered? you know, during that little bit of a run where he went down for a couple games? Uh, I don't think the injury has anything to do with it. I think it's it's his gameplay on the, you know, his his performance on the field. Uh, I think people still think that he makes bad decisions, he makes bad throws, and, um, you know, which cost the Bears, what, maybe one game last year? I mean, if, I mean, if you if you really want to take a look at how he did last year on the field, there, there wasn't really a time where he threw a game away. Um, One the time. games that they I, lost, I mean, yep. maybe the New England game. I, I, I'm trying to remember the game against the Patriots, but uh, special teams played a big part in that one, I remember. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots got a blocked punt. I think it was, or a blocked field goal. Uh, they also allowed a kickoff return for a touchdown. The Bears did. So, yeah, that was a big reason why they lost that game. Look, the, the, the opening game against the Packers in Green Bay, Mitch had nothing to do with what happened in that game. That was just the defense kind of melting a little bit. And, and they definitely learned from it because they became, you know, the best defense in football after that. So uh, I, I don't think Mitch Trubisky had anything to do with why the Packers lost that game. Um, uh, 
so so I'm trying to think of like where what did Mitch do wrong to where people still think that he's not going to be a very good quarterback. I don't know. Maybe the numbers. Maybe they're just looking at pure numbers. Uh, maybe it's just lack of experience, Cuervo. I mean, it could be. It it could be that too. I mean, he like played. Kind of wonder. Yeah, he didn't play much in college. Uh, he played a handful of games his rookie year. He started, you know, 13 games last year. So, you know, in, in three seasons, he's played maybe 30 games. I think 30 at most. So, um, I think this is, you know, this should be hopefully his first full season if all goes well. And, I mean, opening day is, again, it's at home against New England or uh, against Green Bay. And um, I think that's going to be the, the tone setter. That's all. That's the tone setter. Yep. Is, is going to be that game. So, who will be a Mitch better quarterback, well? Mitchell Trubisky or Patrick Mahomes in 2019 here? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer here, Sonny, but look, we don't know what's going to happen. If Tyreek Hill is going to be on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs, then then I obviously I'm going to, I would say Mahomes will have the better year. But if, if Tyreek Hill can't play and he's suspended – then it's going to be – first of all, Mahomes – regardless, I don't think Mahomes is going to have the same type of year he did last year, whether whether Tyreek Hill's there or not. I just don't think he's going to have the same type of season he had last year. Um, now, you take Tyreek Hill off that team, and, and you're talking about a whole other level of lack of productivity – for Patrick Mahomes. So I guess it depends on what your definition of better is. Numbers wise, I think Mahomes still could wind up being better. Uh, but if you're talking about performance or just on the watching them on the field and record and all that stuff, I think Mitch has got a great shot to have a better year than Mahomes when it comes to those Should- things. Should be interesting. Two young guns, two young superstars in the league. Where they will end up taking it in 2019 will be a big question. I mean, this off-season training and getting ready will be huge for both of them, especially at the wide receiver position, because neither one of them has really anything to stand out about. So that's going to be a huge thing. So what what they can do with the production of who they have on their roster or who ends up on the roster is going to be the big story. Also a 10% that was set out of Vegas with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. The Rams moved to 13%. Houston Texans, Green Bay Packers, Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Chargers, and the New Orleans Saints all at 15%. The Colts and the Chiefs at 20%. Philadelphia Eagles at 25%, and, of course, at 40% is the current Super Bowl champions, that obviously being the – Time out, Sonny. Time out, time out, time out. So, hold on. Did I just hear you right? The I, Bears have a 10% chance, and the Green Bay Packers are at 15? That's what it says. I, 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 you are not allowed to shoot the messenger. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to be careful here. I, I, I'm, 
I, I, as I, I'm just a journalistic reporter here. I mean, this is. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, I'm not. Cuervo, Vegas I'm, coming. Vegas coming out with numbers, man. You know, you, you read them, and, and what I just read. You know, listen. This, I, I think the Bears and the Dallas Cowboys should be higher. Um, I think obviously the Texans, Green Bay Packers, Cleveland Browns should be a lot lower. Um, so, uh, and the Colts, I want to see improve it. I, I, I love me some Andrew Luck, but not up, to, not up there. Oh my goodness! So, 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 what does Vegas know? You see, that's it's. And it just Nothing. kind of pisses me off because I don't have the inside scoop, and it always bothers you, of course, when you do what we do and you don't have the inside scoop. What the hell does Vegas know that puts the Chicago Bears behind the freaking, you know, in the NFC, behind the Dallas Cowboys, behind the Rams, behind the Packers, and behind the, uh, well, Saints, maybe I understand. But not the Eagles. You know, the 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 other thing I've heard, too, about why people are not high on the Bears this year is because the fact that, oh, you know, the Bears, uh, they they had an advantage uh, due to the last place schedule that they played and all that stuff. That is, just, that is one of the, the – I don't buy that. I don't buy into that crap where about – Yeah. yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what – Listen, me, they, they got six of the toughest games in their schedule each and every year. The NFC North is a tough frickin' division of football. And you want to talk about slobber knocker? Every one of those games are slobber knockers, and any of those teams can come out on top in those, those six games that the Bears have with Green Bay, Minnesota, and or Detroit. And depending on what you think about what's going on in Detroit with their new coach, and new coach up in Green Bay, will what will anybody buy into that system that's going on? And Minnesota's always gonna be there. They always got a great defense. So, you know, those six games, you can talk about schedule all day long, but those six games are, are top notch games each and every time they, they they show up on Sunday, Monday or Thursday. I, I just still can't I can't get over that. Yeah, it, it, uh, you know what it is, though. You know what it is, though. So, what all those teams have in common are, pro- well, I shouldn't even say proven quarterbacks because Baker Mayfield hasn't really proved a whole lot. But teams like Green Bay and Houston and uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's there's no you know, there's no arguing that, okay? And then that's great and all until him and until he doesn't like the new head coach and then he whines about it. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, but I think I think Vegas reads into the quarterback situation a little too much. Good and thing. that's why those teams are ahead. Um, you know, so, and I, you know what, and that's fine. As, as as a Bears fan, I'm okay with people not really showing the respect towards the Bears that I think they earned last year with the season that they had. Because it's always those teams that come out and they use it as motivation and they come out and, and they just they surpass the expectation. And, and that's what I fully expect the Bears to do this year. 
You know, everybody's hyped up on the Cleveland Browns because they have Beckham and they they drafted uh, uh, Greedy Williams out of LSU. And that's hey, look, he's gonna be a he's a hell of a talent. Don't get me wrong. I just still think that the Browns have to learn to win before they do anything else. And they got to so, learn with a quarterback as, that's a second year guy, Cuervo, and you don't know what's going to be heading your way, regardless what kind of season he had last year. Which, by the way, I'll put it up there was stellar. What a stellar season for Baker Mayfield. But the difference yeah, between oh, the yeah. quarterback having a great first year and the second year, you have to wait until week uh, week seventeen to know whether or not it's going to be stellar or not. Exactly. So I, I just think that you know, and and people did it last year for the Browns. Oh, they're going to win eight games. And I was like, look, they'll win five. If they're lucky, they win six. Okay. Now, maybe I undersold them a little bit because they wound up going, what, seven, eight, and one or something like that. And and so they had a good season uh, for, for their standard, you know. Um, I just think because they have Beckham now, uh, they signed Kareem Hunt. Uh, I just think people are, are, are a little – little too excited about what's going on with Cleveland. I still think there's, they have some issues again, just adding guys doesn't necessarily turn the culture around overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take actually going out there and winning football games to actually change the culture. Right now it's all talk, Sonny, until they actually go out there and they win football games. When that happens, then people can start believing, but right now, call yourself believe land all you want. I I'm not buying. I'm not buying in on it until you until you prove it. Interestingly enough, there's a lot of stuff going on that uh, could be. I I don't know what you want to call. Um, uh, to that to that. I I don't know if. If you want to call it, you know, an over, an overestimation on what Baker Mayfield will be, yeah. Remember last year, Quavo, we were talking about that. If, if if the Browns got seven games, you you got to consider that a great season for that franchise, regardless. Sure. Now, I sure. mean, and listen, if they go nine and seven, Quavo, if they don't think that that's a good season, that the expectations are too high. It might be enough to get them to slip in. Still, regardless of whatever you say, they guys still got to get past two teams in their own damn division. And whether they can get past the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know. Steelers, I don't know. But if you go nine and seven and you're the and and you are the Browns, you've got to look at that as a positive. And if you think of it as a negative, that that's where the the driving of that team is going to be huge for the future, because nine and seven's got to be looking at the great season uh, for them. Now, if you want to put those expectations to 10 and 6 and 11 and 5 the year after based upon what happens this year, wonderful. But if you put all your you know, fruit in one basket to expect them to be at, at 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, that, that fruit's going to rot, Jack, because I don't think it's going to happen for the Browns. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying they're going to go back to their, you know, three and thirteen. Uh, no, I don't think anybody those Browns. Yeah, I mean, there's way too much talent for that to happen. I mean, something bad would have to happen for them to go three and thirteen again. Uh, but do I think they can 
beat the Pittsburgh Steelers out for the for the uh, division crown? Probably not. Do I think they could beat the Ravens out for the division crown? Maybe, but maybe. It, 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 I mean, they would have to play a hell of a game. They would have to play a hell of a, you know, make a hell of an effort to, to do that. Um, so, but again, it just, it just comes down to having that winning culture. They yep. got to have that winning culture and, and, and you don't build it in the off season. That that's something that has to happen in season. Absolutely. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah, so, because you gotta you uh, gotta you gotta evaluate the talent and where it's gonna be that can lead you into that future. Um, in in order before you can put you know you know put the horse before the buggy and you know and decide yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be contenders in the AFC. Listen, there are a lot of good teams in the AFC way before Cleveland. You know, so in order for you to do that, you, I think the baby steps, you know, all those cliches on how you get to be mm-hmm. better in the NFL will come into play each and every year until the Browns are that team and the Baker Mayfield is that quarterback they expect them to be. And with the additions and whether or not they'll have chemistry, that will be determined here within the first, you know, six weeks of the season. And we'll find out if that's good, bad, or indifferent. Maybe we date, you know, give them a little time. Uh, because mm-hmm. believe me, the rhythm during the game compared to a preseason game and or practice, you know, you you can't you can't really solidify on where you're going to be in reality, you know, based up on what you're going to get in practice. It's franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Hey. Hey, I mean, listen, listen, just because I said the word practice, practice doesn't not mean, game, Alan, you can just ju- – Not a game. Yeah. We're talking he about practice. Exactly, practice. See, he can get annoying sometimes. But He's rude. You know, he's rude, yeah. He's really rude. Kept talking. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I will tell you, the Browns are something, something that you've got to look at, and, yeah, you're going to have to worry about them for the next two or three years. Um, especially if it goes somewhat what they expect to. But that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. When you go to the NFC West and the Arizona Cardinals, and you've got a guy on there that has turned into a superstar, turn around and do a superstar thing, which is do something dumb. Patrick Peterson is out for two to three months because of his nonsense. Six week, Cuervo, where we won't see him out on the football field for the Arizona Cardinals. Not because of weed, but performance-enhancing drugs, steroids, all that good stuff, human growth hormone, all that stuff. We don't know exactly which one it is. At least I don't know what it is. They may have said something, uh, but that having been said, it's a sports-enhancing performance drug uh, violation and you know, mm-hmm. mate, it, it, it always. It, whenever something like that happens, Cuervo, it always, it always in the back of your mind, decides to make you wonder: Is Patrick Peterson as good as he really is? And now, I don't know, Cuervo. What do you think? I mean, this is a big story for the Arizona Cardinals because let's be honest: new coach, new quarterback. Um, the future looks so bright, you got to wear shades, but someone just took one of the limbs out of the shades with this story right here, Cuervo. 
Yeah, Sonny. And, you know, now now people understand why they drafted Byron Murphy out of Washington in the second round of the draft. Yep. Because Not only that, Cuervo, they knew this was going to happen before the draft, yes. and that's the exact yes. reason why yes. they did that. Yes, exactly. And, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I, I would have never I am. I'm shocked. expected this from Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson has been one of the most consistent stand-up all-pros that we have had in the NFL over the past 10 years. Okay, Professional. Yeah, I mean, as professional as it gets. Guy's a great dude, and, you know, because he has a mentor in Larry Fitzgerald over there in Arizona. You know, that guy has been squeaky clean his whole career. So um, I'm sure he feels the letdown. He feels like he has let his teammates down. He has let Larry down. He has let the fans down. And he should feel that way. But let me tell you something. Here's the difference between how I feel about Patrick Peterson and how I feel about guys like Rafael Palmero and Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. And to an extent, even even the you know, the Cub all time favorite Sammy Sosa. Well what is Patrick that Peterson Patrick Peterson came out and all he said was, you know, I'm sorry about what I did. I'm sorry. Not, oh, well, what had happened was I, uh, I, I, I ate a ham sandwich, uh, but I thought it was ham. But, you know, but I guess it was, I was injected with uh, this, this, you know, so, you know, this, whatever drug that he tested positive for, whatever PED it was that he popped for. Patrick Peterson made zero excuses, Sonny. All he did was say, I am sorry for what I did. And you know what? Look, he gets it. Because that's as fans, as football people, that's all we ask for. Look, own up to your mistake, dude. And that's what Patrick Peterson did. So you know what? When he comes back on the field, I'm going to clap my hands. And I'm, and I'm going to, not for what he did, but because he owned it. He owned it. He took the punishment like a man. All right. Was he stupid for what he did? Absolutely. He is a dummy for what he did. Okay. Now he probably had his reasons, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. The bottom line for us, for guys like you and I, Sonny, we don't care, you know, why he did it. All we care about is, dude. Well, we already caught. know why he did it. Well, I mean, was he? He was injured, huh? I think he was fighting through an injury. Yep. So, well, and you know, and, that, and that's another rabbit hole that we can go down as far as you know. Well, should should it be okay for guys to to take them? Uh, in a controlled environment to recover from an injury. We've had that discussion before. But what we're talking about now is the fact that Patrick Peterson owned up to his mistake. He didn't try to beat around the bush, didn't try to say that he didn't know, or I I not knowingly took this this enhancing drug. No, he's like, he pretty much, just like Andy Pettit. He's like, yep, I did it. It was stupid. I'm sorry. I let people down, this and that. 
and he's accepting his punishment like a man. He's not appealing. All right, at least I haven't heard of. Uh, of I haven't heard it him. either. Yeah. So, what does that tell you? That tells you that you know he's going to accept the punishment like a man. And to me, that that's all I ask for. But, you know, look, I'm going to still point the finger at you and call you a dumbass for what you did, but at least you're owning up to it and you're accepting the punishment like a man. He's going to be out the first six games. And, you know, when he comes back, he comes back. And we'll find out, you know, if he's the same guy. If he's not, Sonny, then you start looking at his career accomplishments and wondering if it was all tainted or not. And and well, and, and the punishment is going to – for that, the punishment could wind up being that either he doesn't make the Hall of Fame right away or he doesn't make it at all. He's not getting first – he's not going to be a first ballot anymore. I think he had an outside shot if he would have continued to have the career that he was having. Uh, he had, I think he yeah, – there's a slight chance of first balloter. Now, nah, it's it, – he can forget about it now. So, but you know, if if he does not have the the numbers that he had before, and his his performance just drastically drops all of a sudden, then I think it's fair to question if his whole career has been a fake or not. You know, and I think that's fair. I think that's a fair argument to make. Well, hold on. You want to talk about conspiracy couch? I mean, oh, I know. I, mean, I know I, he shows up. I know he's here. You know, conspiracy couch nibbled in my ear. He he whispered in my ear. He says, "Well, hold on." What'd he say, it, it, he, oh, yo, oh, it was very, it was very enlightening because he <laughs> says, "Well, wait a okay. second. He he's been on that football team. That's been his only team, right?" And I I and I, I told Conspiracy Couch, I said, "Yeah, you're, you're correct. He hasn't played for any other team. You're absolutely right." He said, "He said, and and who was his mentor during that whole time?" And, and I said, "Well, you know, if I, if memory correct it doesn't fail me here, I, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, I, I think was his mentor through his whole time there. If I'm not mistaken, Conspiracy Couch. And then he came back and said, "Well, what makes you think?" That maybe, just just maybe, that, that Larry Fitzgerald's been able to last as long as he has. Maybe, you know, the mentorship came down and maybe Larry Fitzgerald was just a little bit better at hiding it. And I said, you know, Conspiracy Couch, you know, you make a very valid point there because, you know, those guys are supposedly best buddies, aren't they? Conspiracy Couch. He said, that's the last I heard. So when Conspiracy Couch started oh. whispering in my ear about that, you know, does that guilty of association, you know, did he do this on his own? Did he get some ideas? Because let me tell you something, my thinking is, and Conspiracy Couch kind of convinced me that, you know, Patrick Peterson really didn't do anything without maybe the approval or maybe the influence of one Larry Fitzgerald. So, now I'm I'm not going to come out and say Larry Fitzgerald is the guy that does sports enhancing drugs, but, you know, could guilty be guilty by association be that guy? Because let's be honest, everybody loves Larry Fitzgerald. Would it surprise anybody if Larry Fitzgerald got popped for something like that? I think the sky would fall, Sonny, if, if it turned out that Larry Fitzgerald In Arizona, was also. it definitely would. Yeah, well, I mean, I think all around the NFL it would. I mean, because – Larry's one of the most respected dudes out there. 
Yeah. Uh, despite what anybody may think. So, with that, you know, in all reality, I mean, again, I think the sky would fall, it, 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 not just in Arizona, but I think in the league, if Larry Fitzgerald was to ever test positive for, for that. Um, so I, think those, do you big, think, I think those are big Do words. you think conspiracy couch has a point, though? I mean, because really, you know, through his whole career, Larry Fitzgerald didn't really do anything without really his okay. I mean, you know, I mean, do you think conspiracy couch is on to something over there? I think, I think those are, those are, uh, I think that's a hell of a conspiracy. Those are big words. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to, uh, to say, um, mm-hmm. but do now, do I think Larry knew about it? Mm, possibly. possibly. I, I, listen, hey, Cuervo, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Do I think that Larry Fitzgerald knew about it without a doubt? But there's also that, you know, code, you know, you don't mark on your budge. You don't mark on your guy, you know. I, there you go. It's, it's a loyalty hey, listen, thing. If, loyalty. if Larry Fitzgerald comes out, and I don't know if he's been asked directly, okay, if he didn't, just didn't answer the question, or he said that, no, I didn't know anything about it. I can't buy into that. I, I just can't. Because from everything that I've ever read about those two, these guys are joined at the hip. Now, so that's the reason why the guilty by association comes in. One gets popped, the other doesn't. Does that mean Larry Fitzgerald just knows how to mask it a little bit better? And I say mask for a reason, because this is sports enhancing more so than anything else, or did he not take it, but he knew exactly what was going on? It was one or the other, Cuervo, because I am not going to buy Larry Fitzgerald saying, I had no clue this was going on. I just I, I just can't buy into that. Well, that's a, that's a tough one, Sonny. I, I, I mean, I to be honest, I didn't even think about that, whether Larry knew about it or whether Conspiracy um, Larry has been doing some overthinking sometimes, but at the same time, I'm right I there. Tell. I think I'm right there with him, man. I, I, you know, I But I do like that. Hey, listen, I, I'll go with you on this one, Clairvo, because you, what you said about Andy Pettit is exactly what Patrick Peterson did. Don't mask this thing. You already tried that once and got caught. So straight out, there's no excuse for it. I did it and take the responsibility, just like Andy. And Andy Pettit is loved in New York right now, Cuervo. In fact, they're, sure they is. want this guy so bad in the Hall of Fame, they're, they're trying to break their neck to get him there. And it might happen. And, but, you know, the excuse, you know, I was actually, I thought I was actually having palmetto loaf, you know, lunch meat, and it turned out to be, you know, sports-enhancing drugs. It was the best thing for him not to do because, you know, whether it's olive loaf or jalapeno deli loaf, you know, you know, straight out excuse people in the media. And not only that, fans recognize a bullshit story. And let's be honest, Cuervo, if he went out and did that, that's what everybody would have thought. He did it right, Cuervo. I think I'm right there with you. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, that that's, that's, you know, I mean, people could learn from that. You know, guys should learn from that. If if they get caught, just just don't don't try to 
make excuses and, and buy your way out of it. It's just not going to happen. Like nobody, nobody unknowingly does those things. Absolutely. When you do, when you do that, and you know exactly what you're doing, and you know exactly the choice that you're making, and and don't even call it a mistake. And that's another thing too. Oh, I yeah. made a terrible mistake. No, you no, didn't. No. You didn't make a mistake. You made a choice, and you yep. chose to take to put that needle to your arm or wherever you stuck it in, or however uh-huh. you took the drug, the buttocks, the gluteus. So that was your choice, okay? Unless you had a gun put to your head and somebody told you you will inject this into your arm, okay? Yep. It was a choice. Bottom line. Cuervo, okay. this so, would have been – I would have loved to hear – I'm glad he said he's sorry. I get it. But I would I – would, I would – I would become the biggest Patrick Peterson fan ever if he said, "I'm sorry, I got caught." I I would be I would be on Patrick Peterson to be in the Hall of Fame uh, first time, first you know, ballot Hall of Famer if he did it. Uh, now, mm-hmm. politically, a political correctness will not allow that type of honesty. It just won't, um, because he has to show a little remorse. Um, but so he's got to state it in that way. But man, would this have been a good one for him to say, "Listen, I'm I'm sorry, I got caught. I did it, and I am I'm sorry I got caught." And it, the result is obviously I am sorry for the embarrassment that I caused myself as well as my organization I play for. I want to tell you right now that guy be a first ballot Hall of Famer in a heartbeat, Cuervo, because that kind of honesty would serve a guy's career for the rest of his career, Cuervo. He, I think he could get a million bucks more if he actually did that each and every year. Each and every year he played, he could get a million more if he was able to be that kind of honest. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, Without, without, it, within so many words, I think that's what Patrick Peterson, you know, and guys that just come out and, and you know, don't try to beat around the bush. That's pretty much what they do say, is that yeah, but, that they're they're ashamed that they got caught. You know who else I'm interested in 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 knowing their opinion or or just knowing, not not necessarily if they knew what he was doing, just I guess the reaction, his thoughts on it. I would like to know what Todd Bowles has to say, his old defensive coordinator. I would like to know and just kind of get his thoughts on his, you know, one of his former players uh, and whether he's reached out to him and, and, and maybe try to provide some sort of guidance or try to get him through this, you know, as far as, you know, the suspension and all that stuff and, I don't know. Uh, it's just something I was thinking about because I'm sure they're pretty well, close to both. You know, they still talk to each other, and I mean, you know, that relationship probably is still there. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it, it it's a big story in Arizona. It won't go away. It will be the first thing they talk about at the first snap 
of the 2019 season, not the fact they got a new coach, not the fact they got a new quarterback. They will first talk about the fact that Patrick Peterson is not out on the football field. So we got until now, until game one, and then how much longer it will continue to be talked about after the first snap of the 2019 season, Cuervo. And it is, it's a big story, and it is. You know, and, and I, I appreciate conspiracies couches honesty with me because you know you know because i i have a feeling that conspiracy couch thinks that he knows human nature pretty well and not only that knows you know how people are in sports and you know it it didn't shock me that this was a thought on conspiracy couch's mind um just more in the fact that nowadays it's hard to believe anybody what they say about Enhancing drugs because you know, listen, every football player growing up was told that if you ain't cheating, you're not trying. Every single one of them, I don't care who it was, and I don't care what Christian church you came from, a football team you played for, it was set. Um, because I'm just not that naive. Um, but I, you know. I want to be that fly on the wall between Patrick Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, when they're talking, you know, I'd love to be the bug on the cell phone on the talk, man, man, I got busted for this. And I would love to hear the rest of the story. So yes, I would, you know, I would like to be that guy. I would like to be a um, guy that could be the kind of, Oh, how you say it? The Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, you know, because we mm. get this story, I would love to know the rest of it. And we won't know until after everybody retires if someone's willing to speak up about it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I don't think it's going to get brought up again. I mean, it's not like, you know, I for agree. guys that this happens to, it, it's not like they hold it over their heads. Uh, unless you go to Congress like like they did in Major League Baseball, then yep, obviously you see the effects of that with Roger Clemens and those guys not being able to get in the Hall of Fame after all these years. Um, other than that, though, Rafael I mean... Rafael Palmero, that story will never... I, I mean, literally, from one day to the next square vote, if I'm not mistaken, he got busted the next day after he said... I. Did not do, and he did it to Congress. By the way, why didn't he ever get pus, busted for lying to Congress too? By the way, I, I, that part I, I don't know. I, I, that's the Paul Harvey in me. How come that didn't happen? I don't know. Interestingly enough, great question. Great question. Um, yeah, because I mean, was not he under oath? Mind, I just never pursued to look it up or find out why. I mean, he was under oath, if I'm not mistaken. Am I yes. am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And the pound oh. and the finger pounding on the desk, Cuervo, and the point. I finger pointing, finger pointing, yeah. The, the finger point and the and the pounding on the on the on the desk. It was and and I, I might be wrong on the timing. I don't know if it was the next day, but it was within a week after he he uh, was was uh, you know testifying to Congress. So it was within seven mm-hmm. days, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'll look that up, you know. It, but I would love to know, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, um, and and why it, that wasn't pursued. That would that would be great. That would be 
great one. But, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, let's be honest, no one's expecting them to win this division, regardless what's going to end up happening. Cuervo, new coach, new quarterback, um, all that is actually a negative for him more so than a positive, even though that the move is a positive but as far as the results, we all know that they can't win this division the way that it is. And then not having Patrick Peterson for the six weeks. But Cuervo, before we got six minutes, and I got to make a call after this. I want to know what your opinion. Did the Arizona Cardinals have an advantage over everybody in this draft, knowing what was going on? And we, I don't know the answer to this question, and I don't know if you do or not. Did anybody else know that Patrick Peterson was going to be suspended or did, was it just the Arizona Cardinals that knew it? And they could have, you know, depending on draft strategy, Cuervo, they could have changed that whole thing that was going on Cuervo, because listen, I don't know if anybody really expected the Arizona Cardinals to go the way they did because they had Patrick Peterson. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, it was good for them to get another corner anyways, but not under this circumstance. You know, not exactly. like, hey, he's going to replace Peterson for, for the first six weeks as, the, as our number one guy. And no one knew that. After that. Yeah. yeah. Exa- no, and, 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 and I seriously doubt that anyone did because if they did, then, well, first of all, it would have broke. Yeah, I mean, people would have been talking about it. It would have been on. Yeah, it would have been you broke news. Unless yeah, the other the teams draft. knew about it and they were able to keep it under wraps, which no one can. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so social man, media. They, they had an big. advantage in this draft that no other team had, knowing Patrick was going to be out and and knowing that that guy was going to step right in week number one of the NFL season. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, was it really an advantage, though? I mean, Byron the other teams could have blocked just, that. I mean, you hear stories all the time. If you go back and listen to stories of draft moves and stuff like that, if, I think if other teams knew that this was going to end up happening, that, that, that maybe the draft order or the draft pick or who would end ended up getting that guy could have been different. Now, I'm not saying they didn't have this guy on his draft board. I mean, you obviously have this guy on your draft board. There's no question. Whether or not they would have took him at the time that they took him, Cuervo, is always going to be the question in mind now as as far as his draft value is concerned. In reality, was it right for the Arizona Cardinals to move at that time? And boy, oh boy, I, I think it's – I think it's – I'll put it out there. I think it's actually an unfair advantage for the Arizona Cardinals to know that uh, and no other team in the NFL to know that because they could have maybe blocked that move. Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I just don't think that, uh, it was that big of a, a thing where, you know, teams would have, because there was a lot of corners in the draft anyway. So even if somebody would have gotten in front of Arizona for that pick, they would have just, you know, went to the next guy with their next pick anyway. So. Uh, Interesting. Unless yeah, because it, it was it was corner deep, so you're right. Unless it was something to where every time Arizona was picking somebody was offering a trade, then at that point you're like, okay, somebody must know what's going on. Like, why do people keep trying to pick our pick away? You know what I mean? Like, it just I, I would have caught on to it after the first time, and I would have been like, no, we're taking this, we're taking this pick. Like, we're gonna keep it. So, now, to me, yeah. that's the difference. 
yeah, I, I'm wondering about that. Um, uh, yeah, how that would end up working. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's it's interestingly enough. So I I don't know, Cuervo. It, you know, the Arizona Cardinals in a lot of trouble. This, you know, they were in a lot of trouble before they got started, and this is where they're at now. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that happens and what the season in store for them. That NFC West, I mean, you got San Francisco, who's supposedly better, and then of course you have the top two, you know, with the Rams and maybe Seattle. Because after last year, I can never count Seattle out because of what they did in reality to get back into the running and and staying within where they did in in that in that division, Cuervo. So I mean. You know, it could be last in that division or, you know, third, but I don't see them one or or two. So this is a killer for them in reality. It is. But once once he's back, I think everything will start to work itself out. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who it could hurt, too, at the beginning is Kyler Murray because, yeah, you know, it's just that the lack of defense there. And, and, you know, you're going to have to do more offensively. Yep. What will he have to do to make up for defensive woes that they may have, you know, going into that season? That's right. a very good point. Because really, let's right. be honest, Cuervo, you don't want your rookie, you know, you don't want your rookie quarterback to come in there and have to, to do what he may have to do in the absence of, you know, of, uh, Patrick Peterson. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff there, Cuervo. Three hours. Wiped it out. We did so good, and unfortunately, we can't go into overtime because I just got summoned for a telephone call. So, uh, that being said, you can hear it on Sundays unless we take a week off. I hope your mother had a great Mother's Day as we took a break last week on Mother's Day. And I'm going to tell you, that made me become because I was so tired too. So, you know, a combination of Mother's Day and Sunday just being out of it. We'll be back. We'll do it again next Sunday here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Cuervo, have a good day. You're going to watch Money in the Bank, the wrestling tonight? Uh, probably not, Sonny. I think I'll sit this probably one out. Not. <laughs> it's not high on your list. All <laughs> no. right, got it. All right. Not exactly. Have a good one. Take care. We'll, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Take care. Bye-bye.